Ortiz fights it off center field. Damon running to the plate, and he can keep on running to New York. Back to full. Red Sox fans have longed to hear it. The Boston Red Sox are world champions. I can't circle. I don't have my telestrator today, but why? here comes a pizza. See it? <laughs> This is our fucking city, and nobody gonna dictate our freedom. Stay strong. Welcome back to the Name Redacted Podcast, America's most beloved podcast, the most the most downloaded Red Sox podcast in the world. Uh, Jake's here, Tyler's here, Pete's here, and Coley, as promised, is here. It is the Post Xander Bogarts going to the Padres episode. Uh, I am still for some reason. All right. I'm just going to lay this out and then I might not say another word for the rest of the podcast. Let me just let me just lay all this out. Right. For a majority of the offseason, if not the entire offseason, I had mentally accepted that Xander Bogarts was gone. I had already accepted it. People were asking me, is he going to come back? I was like, eh, 60-40. I'm just trying to give you some hope. I think I thought the odds were much worse than that. Um, and, you know, where's he going? Oh, I think he's going to the Cubs. thought he was going to the Cubs the whole time. That was a team that I would have bet money on if uh, sports betting was legal in Massachusetts. It's not. It will be soon, though. And then yesterday happened. Depending on what t- uh, day you're listening to this. Today's Thursday, so Wednesday. Wednesday happens. and. Uh, me <laughs> actually, it's gonna be funny to say in front of Pete. Uh, <laughs> uh, I established a uh text thread, it's more of a compliment to Pete, I guess, because it's like Pete's a hockey guy. I established a text thread with Tyler, Coley, and Jake. Sick, dude, <laughs> pretty sick. <laughs> we already knew yet, oh, Pete. Yeah, yeah, just wait. And it's uh, it's called Jerry's uh, Scoop Shop. So I just anytime because I just want instead of because anytime that I would get information, I don't need to, like I would like text Jake or I text Coley or I text Tyler and I'd forget Coley sometimes. Or I forget Tyler sometimes. I was like, all right, any shit that comes my way, I'll just like put it in here. You guys can just read and, and absorb as much as you'd like. So I feel like you guys, except for Pete. <laughs> Pete, do you want to be in the scoop shop? I feel like you don't. No, I feel I like you don't care. Don't. No, I don't. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, see? The, I, the introductory text, Saturday at 2.30. This is where I'm dumping all my scoops since Pat and Pete probably don't care. <laughs> that was the introduct. That was the opening text. So, I don't care. You're right. I would have liked to be included, and then I could have muted the conversation and never revisited the group chat ever again. It would have just been nice to be included. That's all I'll say. Well, I just I, I know you well enough to know that you didn't you wouldn't care. So I preemptively removed you. You were in it mentally and then I removed you. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate yeah, it. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um so Jerry's scoop shop uh opened up this past week and I'm just throwing any any like messages, text, whatever that that you know may have some information. I'm like, all right, here's here's what I'm hearing. So I feel like these guys were along the roller coaster with me. Like they're seeing from all angles, from all angles, what's going on on this very day. So, yes or no, Tyler, if you were me, because I, I, I'm going to go through my Twitter timeline as well, because some, uh, some pieces of shit out there were trying to say that I like 
leaked that Xander was coming back and then it blew up in my face. That is not what happened at all. All I said was, uh, first of all, I tweeted a video of me and Xander. That's it. Just positive vibes. Then Sean McAdam, this is at uh, 2.39, tweeted one Red Sox person asked by someone today whether the Sox would re-sign Bogarts answered without hesitation, yes. And then I tweeted the video of him hitting a home run off Garrett Cole. And then I said, I'm not going to Heyman myself in reference to John Heyman saying Aaron Judge to San Francisco, book it. Uh, I said, I'm not going to Heyman myself. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you Bogarts is coming back. But I feel pretty good at the moment. So I'll ask you guys from the scoop shop, was I wrong from everything that you were reading? Was I wrong to feel good in that moment? I thought you were the first, like when you started feeding us stuff, and I will say this, it was a very different tone when we started the morning based Mm -hmm. on what was coming through the chat. And then I'd say maybe right before the Heyman tweet, you started telling us things were, you know, you were telling us from people that were talking to you, things were heading in the right direction. And then you get Heyman, you get McAdam, you get, you know, P. Dave, whatever. But he has the big tweet of momentum. And it's kind of just building and building and building. And I don't know. I don't know if it was a ploy, like you said, and you kind of hinted at it with the Scott Boris stuff and trying to push it over. Maybe they were leaking things to the local guys, hoping that it would push the deal to a conclusion. But this was the first tweet, the first tweet that even mentioned the Red Sox with John Heyman. I mean, the, the, with Xander Bogarts and the Red Sox that connected them. Because before it was like, oh, the Cubs and the fucking Dodgers and the Mariners. Every other team was like Xander Bogarts except for the Boston Red Sox. So John Heyman at 11.56 a.m. on Wednesday tweeted, Red Sox are in heavy discussions with star shortstop Xander Bogarts. And I retweeted it and I said, oh boy, I don't really need another arson judge situation on my hands. No idea how to feel about this. This could easily be Boris trying to get the Padres to up their offer. And then I tweeted again. I'm going to continue about my day as if that Heyman tweet never existed. Major consider the source alarms going off. That has Scott Boris trying to get the Padres to sweeten the pot written all over it. So anyone that's like, you fucking made us believe the Bogarts was... No, I didn't. No, I didn't. I fucking looked at the Heyman tweet, which was the first tweet of the day to say the Red Sox and the... The fucking Bogarts team, they're scissoring over here and things are... I was like, eh, that stinks of of Boris trying to get the the Padres to pony up. I was 100% right on that. So then, then I'm starting to get these text messages that the scoop shop was able to see. That's when I tweeted out the video of me and Xander. Then the Sean McAdam tweet. Again, just to reiterate, one Red Sox person asked by someone today whether the Sox would re-sign Bogarts. Answer without hesitation, yes. And I'll even say one of the one of the fucking texts that was in the the scoop shop was more or less uh, a paraphrasing. If it doesn't get done tonight, it's going to get done tomorrow. Was it fair or unfair? That's what was said. That was word for word. And I'd say that would line up. Coley, I know you had tweeted a picture. It was like the, you know, David Ortiz Bogarts thing. I posted the sexy Bogarts pick. It was no one saying mm-hmm. anything, but it was. It felt like the momentum was pushing over. It felt like we yeah. were getting to that point. Yeah. Even I also said in that moment, and Tyler agreed, do it now. Like, don't wait. Don't correct fuck with AJ. Yeah, wait. Yes. That's exactly how I felt too. Like, 
you get this text message being like, it's, it's going to happen either tonight or it's going to happen tomorrow. They're going to pay him. They're going to pay him. And I'm like, okay, but why, if they're going to pay him, why, why are we waiting until tonight or tomorrow? Why can't we do it right now? I feel right. like, I feel like we should do it right now. I feel like that's a good time to do it. Uh, and again, I tweeted, I'm not going to hammer myself, but I feel pretty good at the moment. So I'm saying, I'm not breaking news here. I'm not promising that Xander Bogarts is coming back. I'm not saying, hey, let's party. Fucking Bogarts to Boston, baby. I said, but I feel pretty good. Like knowing what I know, I feel pretty good. I feel like that's the last. And then, and then, and then when everyone started, it didn't really take like a negative turn. It just kind of fizzled out. Then we didn't hear anything. Now you're talking about the Rule 5 draft. Then we're talking about losing Noah Song. Uh, the Red Sox, again, for the fifth straight year, taking a prospect from the Yankees. Uh, then out of nowhere, boom, fucking the Red Sox signed uh, Masataka Yoshida. Five years, 90 million. And this one will come back to haunt us later in the, in the, the whole narrative scope of things. So now everyone's like, oh, fuck yeah. Like the Red Sox are cooking now. Well, call it. before the signing, I think it was fucking Catillo was like, we just asked Haim how he's feeling. And he was like smiling. And like, if this was like the most emotion he's shown all winter meetings and everyone's been talking about Xander. And then it's like, oh, we signed Yoshi. Sick. That must be, he must be feeling good because we also got a guy who's played in Major League Baseball before. Yeah. But no. No, just smiling. Just smiling. Yeah. And when they were asking these questions, they were like, how are things going with Bogarts? Like it was specifically along those lines. So it was boosting it up. And I'll throw Marino Pepin in there as well, tweeting those friggin' cash emojis that were going Mm. nuts on Twitter. I agree. I don't buy that. I don't. And you said that weeks ago. mm -hmm. Like you had no problem putting that out there. And I think everyone really learned their lesson once again by the end of the night there where he was just tweeting emojis and there was no actual pulse on what was going on. Even yeah, as somebody like, who's not nothing. in the weeds of baseball Twitter and, and famously not invited to Jerry's scoop shop, uh, it felt <laughs> like <laughs> it felt like every tweet was worded as like the Red Sox are close with Bogarts without saying the Red Sox are close with Bogarts. It was like there's momentum, there's heavy discussions like they're flirting well like shit like that and it was like well either it's fucking close or it's not but i did feel good about it and i was like willing to throw my phone away for like the rest of the day being like okay next time next time i get a notification about this they'll probably sign him yeah so i mean i I guess i guess i can just kind of throw out like what i was hearing um i think the day started with basically being told that there's a big meeting happening. Like this is like all hands on deck. Like if you're with the Red Sox in San Diego, you're part of this meeting. But if you're back home in Boston, like you're you're going to Fenway for like this meeting. Like I was like, okay, like this is this is serious. And it it kind of gave off the the Scott Boris vibes of like, hey, like it's the end of the winter meetings. Like, are we doing this or not? Like, are we fucking or not? Because if we're not, then we're gonna we're gonna go to another house party, essentially. Um so that's how the day started. So I was like, all right, I feel like if he's going to sign, I was still preparing myself for the worst because at that point in the morning, we didn't have the Heyman tweet. We didn't have the McAdam tweet. Uh, we didn't have some of the texts that were coming in to the scoop shop. Uh, so I was like, all right, this feels like the day, but I'm still not sold that it's going to be the Red Sox. 
just feels like, you know, that scene in the Titanic where the fucking boat snaps in half and then it goes back up for the second time. It's like, all right, this is where it goes down. Like, we know we're about to fucking go down. Uh, is the door big enough it or really not? Happened. What, Colleen? Well, you didn't have to say the scene in the Titanic. That really happened to the Titanic. Well, I'm giving you a visual. A lot of people weren't there. On the Titanic? Yeah. Like, every, I guarantee you there's not a person listening to this podcast right now that was there that night. Sounds risky saying that. That sounds nation's pretty big. Could be somebody. Uh, when did the Titanic sink? What year was it? 1912. April 15th, mm-hmm. 1912. Yeah, they're probably dead. Set sail on the 10th, hit the iceberg on the 14th, but it took until after midnight to sink, so it sank on the 15th. Well, they had plenty of time to get out of there. I mean... If a if a newborn baby was on the Titanic, they'd be a hundred and ten. Call out to a hot start victim blaming in the Titanic twelve minutes into the podcast. For victim blaming, oh, you, you died on the Titanic. Survivors. What were you doing for that those those eight hours where it was sinking? I'm um, yeah, hearing a lot. Not a lot of hustle. <laughs> not enough heart. From the not Titanic a lot victims. of hustle. Um. What was I saying? The Titanic. Sank. Oh yeah, the Titanic sank. Rest in peace to all the victims. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of them. I suck on it. That's uncalled for, Alex. I know you're <laughs> upset. I know you're upset. I am too. But <laughs> telling the victims of the Titanic sinking to suck on it is classless, and that's why people hate us in Boston. <clears throat> Even from that morning, though, things that came out of it were like the Red Sox are weary of long years on this deal. All right, we'll uh, we, right, we'll get there because we need. There's a whole doesn't appear any other team in the league cares about that anymore. Not a single one. Certainly not the fucking Padres. <clears throat> so uh, the Red Sox signed fucking uh, Masataka Yoshida. Five years, $90 million, and that'll come back to bite us later on because essentially with the posting fee of $15 million, their offer to this dude in Japan was better than their offer to Xander Bogarts in spring training. The optics of that aren't great. Uh, then I'm just kind of minding my own fucking business. It's a little after midnight. Just chilling and uh, <clears throat> John Heyman, John Heyman, the, the Scott Boris mouthpiece himself. Shocker, shocker that John Heyman has the has the deets, not just that he's going there, but he's got Bogarts. He's signed somewhere, the team, the years and the dollars. And he wants to get all upset when people are like, you're a Scott Boris mouthpiece. Save it. To quote my friend Tyler, save it. (laughs) I'm just, it's real. I get frustrated when he tries to say that he's not a Scott Boris mouthpiece. He is. Regardless, I digress. That's, That's getting away from the main point here. Um, Here's kind of what I've heard since then uh he was really close and 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 i don't know 
if it, it is six, the second, the second that this news came out, I, I get scoop shop. I'm told the Red Sox offer was good. I was like, okay, what does that mean? Well, what is it? And Alex Spears said it was six for 160. Uh, I kind of asked around, like, what was it really six 160? Because if the Red Sox feel like it was a good offer and six 160 is the offer, yeah, okay, that, that would have been a good offer in spring training. And I do believe, honestly, and Coley, I don't know how you feel about this, Tyler, uh, Pete, fucking Jake, chime in. If Xander Bogarts gets six 160 put in front of him, on Valentine's Day. Is he still a Red Sox right now? Yes or no? Just a simple yes or no. Yeah. Uh, I would go yes. 5 150, 6 180. They would have found the path. Yeah. Coley? Yes. Pete? Probably yes. Jake? Yeah, I think so. So, I I know that the Red Sox right now are probably hoping that the narrative, which is, this is not the narrative, they're probably hoping that the narrative <laughs> is 280 for a, over 11 years. Who the fuck would give them that? No one can blame us. Why would we? Even the fans are probably thinking, what the fuck? Padre, Padres fans on Twitter were like, why the fuck did we just do that? <laughs> Red Sox fans are like, why the fuck did they do that? So that's what the Red Sox are hoping spreads. Who the fuck would do that? No one, no Red Sox fan in their right mind would give Xander Bogarts $280 million, play shortstop or wherever the fuck until he's 41 years old. No way. Okay, fine. But Coley's been saying this all along. You never should have let him get to free agency in the first place. You didn't learn your lesson with John Lester of just lowballing a dude in spring training and then doubling your offer when they become a free agent and then getting outbid by the team that really, really wants the player uh, in the end. How many fucking times does this have to happen to this organization, to this ownership group before they learn their fucking lesson? If your best offer is six for 160 and you throw out uh, four for 90, was it four for 90? Four for 90 in spring training. And then they also were like, hey, if you don't like that, how about one for 30? Do you like that? So they won one for 30, four for 90. If you've got six for 160 in your back pocket, maybe throw it out there. I don't know. It's just me. Because if you're willing to go there and we just asked our panel of esteemed Red Sox analysts, uh, do you think that he would have taken it? And it, across the board, it was yes. If you have that in your back pocket and you're willing to go there years wise, six dollars wise, what's that AAV? 24. 27. 26. 27.6. So then that's north of the AV that he got. But I mean, the, the San Diego Padres quite literally doubled you up in everything. That's what Dallas just said. We just finished baseball dead. He's like, they doubled them up in everything. They doubled them up in dollars. They doubled them up in years. Of course. And, and so I, I talked to someone, uh, let's just say one degree of separation away from, the, the Red Sox front office, one degree of separation away. Uh, and this individual was like, it, it almost felt like the JD situation where Xander was running out of options. You're playing musical chairs and you're running out of options. And the reason why we got all these reports 
of the Red Sox feel pretty fucking good that he's going to come back. It's because he was looking at 6160 and being like, damn, uh, you know, I thought I was going to get 200. I thought I was going to get 220, but six for 160 might be the, the best option that I got. And then from out of nowhere, the fucking Kool-Aid man comes crashing through the wall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 11 years, 280, baby. Like, who the fuck invited this guy? We were having a Red Sox Xander Bogarts reunion party up in this bitch. And then this motherfucker comes crashing through the wall with 11 years and 280. It's not that kind of party. We were just smoking a little weed. This dude just crashed through the wall with fucking biker meth. What are you doing here? And that was how he, that's what happened essentially is that they felt good about it. Xander, I'm sure was advised by Scott Boris. Like, all right, six for 160. Like, that's not like, let's hold out a little bit longer. Like we can, it's only December. Like dudes are signing on fucking Valentine's day these days. Let's hold out. Let's see if we can get eight years. Let's see if we can bump up the AV a little bit. Let's be patient here. It's not like there's no deadline to sign this deal. Uh, because it's the winter meetings and the winter meetings are ended. And then the Padres come from the fucking clouds with the dumbest, and I don't mean this as an insult to Xander, the dumbest fucking offer of the offseason to any player. They went uh, close to $400 million is what I've been told for Aaron Judge. He took less to stay in New York. Then they went three forty dollars for Trey Turner. He took three hundred dollars to go to Philly. It was just... It was fucking Russian roulette. The San Diego Padres were going to sign a top free agent. It didn't matter what position they played. They were going to sign a top free agent. It just so happened to be Xander Bogarts. And it just so happened to be the cheap ass fucking Boston Red Sox. That was the only other team that was negotiating with him. So that in comparison, maybe he thinks about it. If there's like a better deal on the table or the Red Sox... Uh, come with an eight or a nine year, whatever, whatever it is, eight year deal for 200 million. Cause you, you pose the question, what, how much money is enough money, right? Trey Turner told you 300 is plenty. What's better? 300 million or 340 million? $40 million is a lot of fucking money to leave on the table to go where you actually want to go. If you're Xander Bogarts and you have eight years for 200, 220 on the table, do you think that you want to stay where you actually want to stay? Xander got put in a position because the Red Sox fucked up in spring training. Xander got put in a position to where he could not say no to that offer from the Padres. He would have been a fucking idiot to be like, oh man, 11 years and 280 million. This, this six for 160 kind of looks good to me. You know, I really love Boston. They got a fucking tasty burger right around the corner of the ballpark. How can I say no to staying? So no Red Sox fan. And, and, Again, Red Sox fans are smart. I don't think there's a single Red Sox fan that looks at what Xander just did and is like, how could you? There's not one. Everyone is like, damn, dude, that sucks for us because uh, we're still stuck here in Boston with this fucking roster minus Xander Bogarts with a front office that does not know what the fuck they're doing. That was like you guys in the scoop shop saw that text message that we got the night of Xander. Like it was maybe 20 minutes after Xander signed. It was. One of the most dis and I'm not teasing the listeners. One of the most disheartening paragraphs to read that was a a, a a summary of the state of what is going on with this team right now. Which to I guess to give you the cliff notes, it's that from an outsider's point of view, the Red Sox don't know what they're doing. 
That is a scary thought. When this is like someone that's in the industry, right? They don't work for the Red Sox. They never did work for the Red Sox. Uh, They've never been a part of the organization, uh, but they're in the industry, right? And they're telling you from an outsider's perspective that from their opinion and a collective opinion from, from others, from their peers, the Red Sox right now are looked at as an organization that doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. And that is terrifying. It was that message, like for obviously we're not saying it word for word, but I think I put it in there. It was like the biggest fear. What we all have sat here and worried about thinking, you know, with the Red Sox and them being indecisive when it came to the luxury tax coming into the year with the late Trevor Story signing, with how they handled the trade deadline, all these different parts. We all kept saying, what is going on here? It feels like there's no map. They don't know where they're going. It kind of confirmed that that is what's happening. And I think today in the globe, there were a couple things that were really big about this whole Bogarts conversation. And it was Spear and Pete Abe saying, basically confirming what we're talking about. That question you asked us, would Bogarts have taken that deal in spring training? This is what they said. Bogarts, a source suggested, would have been open to a new deal that was in the range of what Story received. The five-year, $151 million agreement that Jose Altuve landed in his extension several years earlier, likewise represented a framework that Bogarts would have welcomed. So for all those people, and there is a group of people on Twitter right now who are talking about Xander Bogarts and saying, oh, if he really wanted to be here, he'd be here. That's fucking Fucking spare me with that bullshit. That is a ridiculous statement. Look at ownership in 6160. Congratulations. That's the bare minimum. I'm not giving them any credit for that. That is absurd. There was apparently three other teams at 200 or willing to go over 200. You couldn't give them 7196. To at least get near that 200 million mark? You That's were- why I don't believe it. I don't believe 6160. That's just a gut feeling. I don't know for sure what the offer was, but I've asked more than one person uh, who may have knowledge of that. Like, was 6160 for real? No one wants to answer me, which kind of like, if you're listening, be like, well, then that means that it's either that or worse. If they're not, like, I feel like if if the narrative <laughs> or the, the if the if Twitter is saying that it's six for one sixty and they're getting skewered for it, then you would want to kind of correct what people are saying and be like, no, 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 we we went eight for fucking two ten. I don't know what people are talking about, but I can't get an answer on that. Um, I I just really cannot believe that anybody would take the road like. If he wanted to be here, he'd be here. What? Why wouldn't you? Why would you not take the road of? Well, if they wanted him to be here, he would be here. Did does the front office think that we're gonna like throw them a fucking parade if they come in like ten or fifteen million dollars less than what people thought that he was gonna get signed for? Like, as far as I'm concerned, money is fake when it comes to baseball, especially when it's the fucking Red Sox because the Red Sox print money. So if they gave him like $300 million over fucking like six years, I'd be like, all right, cool, whatever. Xander's staying here for the next six years. It's, I don't give a fuck. I'm paying a shitload of money to go to Fenway, period. Who cares? As long as the guy stays here, like that is the power move that a team like the Red Sox should be able to pull. And they should be able to throw around fuck you money like the Padres are somehow. Like it's literally just. To me, it really just screams like we care or we don't care or our priorities are way misplaced. Like, it's very clear that the Padres are like, we don't this is all fucking fake and we care about winning. So we'll just throw anything that we can. Like the way that you were just describing, like the the Padres pursuit of free agents, 
is like the criminally horny guy at closing time at the bar <laughs> where they are just going from woman to woman seeing yeah. who they can bring home and it doesn't fucking matter who it is as long as they're getting laid the Padres, it's 1.30 in the morning and the Padres are like, I'm fucking something tonight. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to be, but it is something for sure. I talked to someone with the Padres last night, late night, because it's fucking whatever, three hour difference. And they were just like, yeah, like the owner, don't give a fuck. Like he, he's the Stevie Cohen of the West Coast. He's a Padre fan who has a fuck ton of money and he's not afraid to spend it. And he wants to win not one, not two, not three. Like, that's his mindset. His mindset is like, the Padres are my baby, and I'm going to go all in on winning a championship. We have not seen, I'm going to say it again, we have not seen John Henry in four fucking years. He's out here trying to buy football teams. He's out here buying and selling footy teams. He's now talking about buying, uh, well, he bought, he bought the fucking Pittsburgh Penguins. And now what's he buying in Vegas? A basketball team? Yes, NBA yep. team. I Mate. mean, I don't want to, because like, I feel like it's such like a cliche sports fan thing to do. When your team sucks or things are bad, sell the team, sell the team. It's not even like that where you're brown paper bagging it at the ballpark and you're holding up signs that say sell the team. But if you genuinely don't care about this franchise as much as you once did, sell the team. It's not like a get the fuck out of here. Like, fuck you. You're, you know, it's, it's, if your priorities are to build a portfolio, then do it with, you can't do that with a franchise like the Red Sox. The owner of the Boston Red Sox, that has to be their baby. There are certain, not just in baseball, there are certain franchises throughout professional sports that that franchise has to be priority number one. And I think we can safely assume, since we haven't seen him in four years, that the Red Sox are not John Henry's priority. And that's okay. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. If you, if you want to keep going out and buying all this shit and building this uh, huge conglomerate of franchises, all the power to you. But as, as Red Sox fans, we are asking you, prioritize this shit, step the fuck up, start caring like you used to, or please respectfully sell the fucking team. Like they're great businessmen. They are the, the Fenway Sports Group, great group of businessmen. And that served the Red Sox for a while. Like it brought us several World Series because they were great businessmen. They were printing money. They were like, all right, we can throw around this money when they cared about the Red Sox. Now they're great businessmen and they're like diversifying their portfolio. And they're like, well, we're not going to sink this much money into the Red Sox. And like the worst thing about it, the worst thing about it is that you know that there is an inevitable course correction that is going to come at some point in the next like year or two where they're going to be like, look, we're spending money and they're going to spend it on somebody who is worse, somebody who means less to the city of Boston, somebody who means less to the Red Sox and who just like isn't going to to deliver what Xander Bogarts probably would have delivered had they given him that extension. And they're pissing off everybody not even just talking about fans are pissing off everybody that's in the building that is already in a Red Sox uniform by not keeping Xander Bogarts. Like, I can't tell you today when I saw that Raphael Devers Instagram post, that tribute post saying goodbye to Xander. Oh, he's gone. Like, that's he's the gone. shit you are doing right here. 
You want to talk about bad business? Listen, Xander, there's a world where we always talked about it. You wanted to make sure Xander was here, but the most important thing to this organization was making sure Rafi was here. Keep that relationship happy. That's why part of solving Bogarts was so important here. And now you've basically put your biggest, you know, your biggest asset, your most important asset, the foundation of really what this organization is holding on to. You put that in a horrendous spot. Yeah, and it's it's I, like not only are you not getting the guys and like letting them go, you're disrespecting them and basically pushing them out the door. Which is like if you're the other guys in the in the locker room in the clubhouse and you see that, you're like, well, what does that mean for me? Like if Xander Bogarts is getting disrespected uh, in spring training with like that extension, and then you see what happens and how it plays out this way. If you're Devers and you're like, okay, so what does that mean for me like a year from now? Like, it's just, so, fuck, it's painting the wrong picture. So with as it pertains to Rafael Devers, which, by the way, this was his Instagram post with a probably a so-so translation from Instagram's translation. Uh, Thank you for teaching me many things. I'm always going to admire you as a person and as a baller. The best. You're an example to follow. And he's probably going to follow him right out the fucking door. Because if you're Rafael Devers and you are what, 25, 25, 26? 20 going on 26. When does he turn 26? October? October. Yes. Oh, he's 26 currently. Okay, so he's 26. So he's four years younger than Xander. And you just saw him get 11 years. It, if I'm Rafael Devers and I just saw what happened with Xander, why would I take anything less than a 15-year deal to stay in Boston? Why would I do that? Like, it, it, if that's what's out there, if these people are that fucking stupid and they're, they're giving out these long-term contracts, which I thought we got away from. Like, I thought we got to a point where people saw like the, the Miggy, the pool holes, and you know, signing these <laughs> star players until they're 40, 41 years old. In Pujols' case, 48 years old. Like, I thought we got away from that. And now we're just right back to it, apparently, where we're signing players into their 40s when they're still 30 years old. It's, it's, it's reckless. I thought that Jacob deGrom's five-year for $85 million contract was going to be the most reckless contract that we see this offseason. The Xander Bogarts right. one is, I think it tops that in terms of just <laughs> where like, people were saying, uh, you know, when if, if he comes back, then Marcelo Meyer is going to get called up in two years and then Xander can play second base. We're talking about two, three years from now, moving this fucking guy off shortstop. You just signed him until he's 41. He's 30. That is crazy. And I, again, I, I still think Xander is going to play shortstop beyond his age 32, 33 season. But if that was the conversation now, how the fuck do you know what type of player we're talking about uh, when he's 41? Well, for everything I've read, it's like the only reason people are doing that is because the AAV matters more than the total, uh, which means baseball's broken. Uh, they've found the loophole immediately from this last collective bargaining. And it's if AAV matters more than total, then yeah, people are going to keep doing this. Rosenthal wrote something like before anyone had signed being like the confluence of events happening right now. They just got out of a lockout. They're guaranteed labor for what is it, seven years. Is that the agreement? 
So people are more prone to spend money when they know work is going to happen no matter what. So yeah, these teams are operating like we know for seven of these 11 years, seven of these 10 years, however fucking long the deal is, there's going to be baseball. We don't have a concern there. They just sold that fucking streaming service to Disney. So that was extra money for $30 million per team. Um, so yeah, the, I don't know. I feel like we've gotten so much farther away from like the key issue here. The key issue started in 2018. In 2018, the world best team in Red Sox history. You heard it floated because you forget John Henry owns the media too. <laughs> started floating. Hey, this is sick, right? Too bad we can only keep two of these guys. And you were like, what? What do you mean? They're like, yeah, Devers, Bogarts, and Mookie. We can only keep two of them. And it was like, all right, we'll deal with this next year. We're, we're winning 108 games in the World Series. We don't want to think about this right now. <clears throat> and then Dombrowski, that was his first World Series ever, right? Mm-hmm. He never won other. Right? So did he win one in uh, with the, uh, Marlins? With the Marlins? Yeah. 97? Oh, was that technically his? believe so. Um, so he, he, he gets pumped about winning one. Because um, all those years in Detroit had scarred him. He gets pumped about winning one. And I mean, I, I know I've made this point a million times. He just starts re-signing people to terrible contracts. He gives Sale a deal, an injured Sale a deal. He gives Avaldi a deal. He just starts giving out money, and then leaves, fired, leaves, and it's like we really care about the luxury tax now. We really care about the luxury tax. We've never once cared about the luxury tax in the history of the Boston Red Sox. Now we care. When our best homegrown player in franchise history is about due for a deal, we care deeply about the luxury tax. And they start planting seeds. Mookie doesn't actually want to be here. He's never wanted to be here. He's always hated Boston. He's never even, uh, when he comes here, he has someone drive him. He wears a blindfold so he doesn't have to see the city. Like they made it so clear. They split the fan base. The fan base is still fractured from this. It is not recovered because you're seeing it now with Xander. You're seeing it again with Xander. People will make excuses because they believe this bullshit. There's people who like you saw what they did to Francona. You saw what they did to Ortiz. They were like, let's look at this. This this guy. This this pill head. Yeah. They call Francona a pill head. They like. They do this so often where they just jerk around their homegrown talent and people eat it up. People fucking live for it. Um, And it makes me sick. Like, if the whole point of trading Mookie was to reset things so this didn't happen again, I can't blame Heim for that. I really can't. I'm not saying Heim's blameless in all of this. We'll get to that. But you can't pin it all on him. When this is a recurring issue going back to fucking Theo. Like, this is not a new problem by any stretch of the imagination. When I see the the Ben Sherrington smiling, grinning like a Cheshire cat because he won the fucking lottery. Like, yeah, I miss that guy. Not because he was some brilliant GM, but because of the moves he didn't make. That's what Heim's legacy at best is looking like right now. The trade, the frivolous trades he didn't make when people were like, go all in for this guy midseason, go all in for this guy. No, at, at bare minimum, he is keeping the farm intact and growing it to a place where in five years from now, maybe there's a team worth celebrating. 
That's that's the best he can do right now if he really isn't allowed to pay people. I do think 6160 was probably competitive. I don't think the Padres opening offer, although who fucking knows what those guys, I would love for them to be investigated because there's no that that $400 million was burning a hole in his pocket. I don't know if he uh, knows that arms dealer that was just traded back to Russia. I don't know who he's involved with, but he was spending that money. I think I was next in line of Xander Turner. He was giving that money to somebody and it's infuriating. Like we just, we helped him get Soto. Did they forget? Did the Padres forget we helped them get Soto? I feel like they forgot. And they were not very kind to us this offseason. Didn't care for that. You have to not treat your players like dickheads. They lowballed move. And people go, oh, you can't lowball a guy with $300 million. They did. They lowballed him with $300 million. And they told him, they told the whole Red Sox fan base that he was being unreasonable. And then he signed for pretty much right in the middle of where he came in and where the Red Sox came in. It's almost like he was trying to negotiate. Weird. Weird that that's a tactic used by people still. And now he's, <laughs> was he silver slugger and gold glove again this year? First team all MLB? Would hate that. Haven't had a leadoff hitter since. Maybe Yoshi can do it. Or he'll never, or he, or he's Rusni Castillo. Has anyone made that comparison yet? Because we were heavy on Seiya last year, and we missed on that. Just like we were heavy on Abreu, missed on that, and then got Rusni. That's what I'm worried about with Yoshi. We can't even talk about Yoshi because of how royally we fucked up the rest of this option. It, it, and it's, I said in training, give him five one fifty. He'll take it. <laughs> I said that in spring training. I think I think if we give him seven two ten last night, he takes that despite it being way less, because like you said, Trey Turner took less. If the Mets offered more to DeGrom, he was going to Texas. People have taken less because people aren't that greedy. They just want what they think is fair. It, the Red Sox never treated Xander fairly. Red Sox yeah. fans, by the way, if he had signed 5-150 in spring training, would have fucking killed themselves because they would have said that was a gross overpay. They would have been furious at that contract. So all this faux outrage, how many, how many All-Star games did Xander make? Four? Four. How long did he play for the Red Sox? Like a decade. Red, Red Sox fans have never cared about Xander Bogarts. So I can't put this on ownership. I can't put this on Heim. Red Sox fans never treated Xander like the star he always was. Every time I tweeted positively about Xander, remember the year he was leading the league and hitting and then broke his wrist and toughed it out? and played the rest of the year, and his average fell off a cliff, and people said he sucked, and they wanted him gone. That was what Xander used to deal with when he gave everything he could to this team. He did it this year. He played through an injury this year and still almost led the league in hitting. That's who we just let walk out the door. Now, to get to Heim and what, what could be going on there, when you get a text like that after Xander signs with the Padres, I put zero stock into that. That's kicking someone while they're down. If he had sent that before the offseason and he was some soothsayer who was looking into the future, yeah, he called his shot. After that, that's just a, a rival GM, rival whoever the fuck, kicking a man while he's down. Sick, dude. Anyone can do that. What I think is the only reasonable explanation, and there's still time. I know it sucks right now. There's still time. Coming into the, po- coming into the offseason, if someone told you, hey, Carlos Correa and Xander Bogarts are going to get pretty much the same contract. You would have said, did Carlos Correa lose a limb? What happened there? Did he, did he kill a guy? Why is he getting so much less? And then, no, 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 no. Xander's going to get $300 million over, over a decade. He's going to be the oldest player to get a 10-plus year deal in MLB history. 
you'd go, oh, that's fucking insane. What happened? Did he forge a check? Did he sign himself to that deal? Because that doesn't make any fucking sense. The whole pecking order was Trey Turner was going to get almost Aaron Judge money. And he was offered almost Aaron Judge money. He turned it down. Carlos Correa was going to get the second highest deal. That's probably still going to be the case. If he doesn't get the highest deal, might not be AAV wise, but now that he's the top guy left, he probably will get more than Turner and Xander. And if the Red Sox looked at Xander and they were like, you're going to get 11,280 and we could get Correa for 11,300. Yeah, that's a pretty fair line to draw in the sand because Carlos Correa in year 10 of that contract is probably going to look a lot better than Xander in year seven. And that's me saying that. I love Xander more than anybody. But if you're looking at this as a business decision, which I can't give them the credit that they are, but if you look at it like these guys are getting the same deal, yeah, we'll take the younger guy, obviously. That's a shrewd business decision, and it would salvage this offseason. The Red Sox have been tied to Correa zero. It does not look like this is going to happen. But if it does, I can't fully throw myself off the cliff yet. There's still a path to a pretty decent offseason in front of us. Now, if the Globe or whoever the fuck that was is saying Heim and everyone's shell-shocked, yeah, they all need to go. And I love Heim. I like talking to him. I like the person he is. But if he's truly shell-shocked, then yeah, he's, he's an assistant. Yeah. If that's nationalized and bullshit, then ti- it's time to go. It's, it's like saying, but isn't, there, isn't there like when they're on the fucking yeah. beach and there's just bombs going off and yeah. like you just you have someone that's like completely shell shocked and they can't move and you have to fucking pull them down so they don't get their heads blown off. Like we don't we don't need that. We need Tom Hanks in this situation. We need the guy that's like fucking get down, like do this, do that. That's the guy that we need. But I mean, I'm not saying that Heim's not that guy, but he hasn't proven to be that guy. Even if you do, well, even if you do sign too. Correa to a deal that looks like reasonable in comparison to the Xander deal, which is unreasonable, <laughs> like every deal is going to probably look reasonable compared to that deal. Even if they do sign him to a reasonable deal, isn't there always going to be like a compartment in your brain that's just like, OK, this they pulled like the fire, the fire alarm based off of them fucking it up because they they already came out and said that Xander was their number one priority. And yeah, I mean, I, I think that was the right thing to do, though. Like, he, do you think they're lying? He was their guy. Yeah, I, they could also be lying, but it's also like I don't think that they're they lying. Fucked up in spring training. Yeah, like you can't cry over spilled milk at that point. Like you can't well, let your own guys talk to other. That, like, yeah, that, they, that's, they had an open marriage with Xander, yeah, right? And they were like, "Wow, that guy's got a way better dick." <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not coming back. Like, the marriage is now closed. I'm with him now. But you can't let. Once they start talking about other teams, you have no control over that price. Right. When you have the guy, he's literally contracted for another year. Yeah, 5150 sounds like the world. It sounds not like 11280. If you told me in spring he was going to get 11280, I'd be like, oh, he's playing for the Yankees that would, or the Mets. Or the Dodgers. Yeah. And it's, right. it's, it's, a, it's a thing where you're like, you, you can't say, you can't be like, oh, we tried our best to put out the fire when you fucking lit it inside your own house to begin right. with. <laughs> It, it burnt all season like that fire. <laughs> I don't care anyone who wants to say Xander Bogarts didn't want to be here or whatever it was. The guy showed up to the presser before the season depressed, legit mm-hmm. so depressed that he everyone could tell he didn't have to say a fucking word in the whole media room. Just looking at him sad as fuck, just trying to get through. R- Raphael Devers is telling us over the course of the year, he had to take Xander out for drinks after games just to loosen him up because that was all on top of him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like that was the stuff sitting there. Like so none you of- could uh, that jogged the memory of like something that I didn't I didn't quite know how to tweet it 
but I did want to uh, like talk about it. Being around Fenway all year, you could tell like if you if you've been around Bogey before, you could tell there was a clear difference in his body language and his energy this year compared to all other years. All other years, like this is a bubbly guy. Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. What's up? Smiling. A pep in his step. This year, it was a lot of just dragging ass. Like there was a lot of just like, uh, it looks like his, his, his best friend just died. His dog ran away. It was a lot. Of, and I'm not blaming him for that because I'm sure like, like if you're a Red Sox fan, maybe you're going to say, oh, be a professional. Like this is your job. Like you got to get your shit together, be a leader, like go out there, perform, da, 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 da. Or you could read between the lines. Why is he so sad? He wants to be here. He wants to stay yeah. here. He, he's asking the Red Sox to play ball with him and they didn't. Like, they, like the way that he was treated at times um, was certainly puzzling, I guess is the word. Sometimes in, in, in spring training, at the beginning of uh, free agency, did they forget about it, me? That was the line in spring training. Did they forget I'm on the team? Legit, that was what Xander Bogart said. Like, they are not even thinking of me. The guy who, say what you want about Mookie or whatever was, Bogarts was always the one answering the questions, being the quiet leader in the clubhouse. And it's no disrespect to Mookie, but Xander was kind of that staple inside of it. Every day. He, he may not have been the best player on the team, but that staple that kept everyone together, whether you were the older guys or the younger guys, because he could be that last connection they had to the Ortiz era. At, you know, all the way now. Look at it. Raphael Devers is like, we're, we're talking he's your longest tenured position player on the fucking team right now. That's where yeah. you are now. Alex Verdugo's number two. That's fucking crazy. That's actually insane. That's crazy. Uh, but that's one of the things now that's being said about the Red Sox organization. They're, we have become, and, and not in the spending way, right? Everyone's like the Red Sox, the fucking Tampa Bay Rays now. Not in, I'm not saying in the spending way, but I think in some ways they have become the Tampa Bay Rays and like, we're just going to look at the numbers. Like they are not putting stock in, if you're going to take Xander Bogarts out of this clubhouse and this is a guy that every single fucking player that you put a microphone in front of all season long was like, we, this is the guy that we need to keep. And I don't think that the Red Sox heard any of that they're like that's nice we don't get what are the numbers and it's just i also don't think they're considering like the boston factor and we've talked about this in the past like he's proven that he can play in the city and not everybody can do that correct but matters a ton that that was something that i did want to know and i didn't want to say it during the year because it 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 sounds clickbaity to say during the year but now that this is done he's a padre i got that sense all fucking year that it like when you saw him walk by, you're like dead man walking every time. And there were points during the year where you would hear uh, like I would have conversations with guys who would have conversations with him. And I'm like, where are we at? Like, how are we feeling? I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't feel like they want to pay him. Doesn't feel like they want to pay him. Like that was the vibe all season. Like I was doing checkups. I didn't say any of it on the podcast. Like I'm not trying to get like leaks and shit from like whoever's on the team. Uh, but that was something that happened periodically throughout the entire season. 
What's the deal? What are you hearing? What's he saying? What's going on? And the entire time, it's like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. They ain't going to pay him. I don't think so. And he doesn't think they're going to pay him. And that was, that was all fucking season. And it's just, if you've seen him, you knew that there was a drastic difference in the way that he carried himself, his energy. It was, I'm not going to say like, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to criticize him. I'm trying to give you a paint the picture of how much this weighed on him, but he was mopey. Like he was mopey this year. And it like a job, like a dead end job. Every, like it's the most relatable thing an athlete can do for whatever reason. We don't give athletes the same grace. We give regular human, like they're human beings. Yeah. He treated it like a job he hated. And that's uh, the most relatable thing for any adult. I don't understand why people can't grasp Super it. Super relatable. But it just it, it sucked. It sucked to see because it, you're, you're looking at the situation saying, how do you not pay this guy? Like, how many people have to come forward and say, we need this guy? Like, it, it, he's a biggest part of what we've got going on here now, before, in the future. What, what is there to really think about? Like, what, what do you have to consider? Pay this that's guy. What that's what it, I'm saying about like they're, they're the Red Sox. Like, it's not a situation where they're like, oh, well, we'll see what our financials look like at the end of the year and see if we can have room in the budget to, to keep them around. It's like, you're the fucking Red Sox. Pay this guy. Especially like considering I, I, was, I was nervous because I don't trust the front office like throughout the course of the year. But like once the season started to really go off the rails, I was like, okay, they're going to have to pay Xander because like optically it would look fucking horrible if you had the season that they had. And then they were like, all right, yeah, no, we're, we're going to go in a different direction. We don't need this guy. So like that, I, I was gaining more confidence that he was going to end up staying here. But I guess I fucking underestimated the, the stupidity of the front office nope. and how little they know what they're doing. And that's where all of this, and I do think this is some of the Heim factor as well. None of this shit makes sense. You kept Xander around at the trade deadline. You never cared during that month. If you were going to try to actually get this done, if it was that important to you, you had to work on it. You shouldn't have waited to the end of the year, which has been reported now. Bogarts opened that door before the trade deadline, by the way. He was waiting with as a Scott Boris client. He opened that door to try and figure that out. But still, you did nothing and you let him leave for nothing. At least when John Lester got dealt, you got you in a Cespedes, which got you Rick Porcello. Instead, you jerked him around all the way. Dirt, you know, you left him until the season ended, jerked him around once, you know, the offseason and everything came here. You completely lost that player and went over the luxury tax because of it. And now that he's gone, you hurt your draft pick compensation on top of it. Like all of this stuff is like compounding factors here. It's like your behaviors and your actions, they're not smart. They don't make sense from a financial standpoint, from a roster construction standpoint. And now you've hurt yourself going into this offseason on top of it. And still, after all that, Xander Bogarts said, hey, even though the Padres just gave me this deal that I know there's no way the Red Sox are going to come close, I still want to see if they'll match it. Or, you know, let me see what they'll offer me. And Scott Boris goes, dude, these contracts, you can't even compare them. You can't even compare them. Like, that's what it is right now. And Bogarts gave him the nod and said, that's okay. That's sort of what bothers me, too. It's like, I'm glad that Xander got the bag and like a way bigger bag than anybody expected him to. 
But it pisses me off that it's that big that it now becomes like a cop out for the front office. But well, what do we you wanted us to match that? Because you didn't have to let it get to that point. Because anyone with I we talked about it during the season. It took one team. It took one team to be crazy and you got the craziest fucking dude out of them all <laughs> AJ Preller who's going to go over the luxury tax for the third straight year no one's done that in you know these recent C- like CBAs the Dodgers are getting underneath it this year that's why they're staying out of this whole shortstop market they're going to be plugging young players and that's part of the reason the Padres are pushing as hard as they are because they know fuck it who cares 10 years from now if we have all these problem contracts we're getting a World Series with this core this is our shot to do it they were the crazy ones. And the Red Sox kept calling Xander's bluff again. And I think they got confident, like you said, Jared, where they were looking around and it was, hey, no one's going to go crazy seemingly for Xander. Well, after you lose out on Judge, after you lose out on Turner, the Padres weren't going to go home from the winter meetings as the loser. Instead, the Red Sox did. Yeah, I can't fault the like because what we talked about last week, holding him through the trade deadline. I'm called out. The people above him being like, yeah, I, I can only pay him when I'm allowed to pay him. So it's like, if you're a Heim, yeah, you don't trade him at the, te- at the trade deadline because it's like, maybe the guys above me will wake up and allow me to like offer him a real contract because that's been a problem here too. Yeah. I, like, I, we've I, talked about it. Like, yeah. I think with the Sander stuff, like if you want to keep that door open I, with the JD stuff, like he was toast before then. So like I, I would have been willing to flip him out the door. But when you, you know, and this goes off some of the stuff we've talked about, Jared, like where things stand with certain guys like Evaldi at this point and how they're feeling, these are all like value picks that you have screwed over now. And when we're talking about the qualifying offer in these things, you know, last year when they lost Eddie Rodriguez, they got those picks. And then on top of it, they had the Judd Fabian pick so they could go and get Trevor Story and justify it in their eyes. Now you look at it. And this is what I'm hoping, you, you know, you let Xander walk. You didn't get everything, but you're going to get a pick. You're going to get a pick for Evaldi most likely here. You better turn that around now that you missed out on Bogarts and go get someone with a QO. Whether that's Rodon, Bassett, pick your guy. Hmm. I, I'll be a little furious if they waste the qualifying offer on Bassett. Agree. I, I would hope you shoot higher. 34. Uh <laughs> He's fine. He's better than most of the pitchers we have. Um, but if you're going to blow the qualifying off or do it on like Rodon. Rodon, or Rodon wants Brady. like six fucking years. Good. He's 30. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> fine with that. And like, we give Trevor Story seven. Trevor what, Story's got more about? of a proven track record than Rodon, though. He's not. Of being injured. Story was as injured Both as of them. more injured. Both of them have a on. record of getting injured, though. Sure. And one of them is like it's been a tired arm because the White Sox fucked him over so many times in, coming up. And that, last year, he sh- probably should have been higher in the Cy Young race. Like, I don't. Carlos Rodon would instantly be our best pitcher. Instantly. The only other pitcher worth talking about is, is uh, Kodai because of what he could bring. I mean, is that the move? Like, is that something that you'd be happy? So my question was going to be. I'm only happy if we get Correa. There's no happiness. So this, this was Trevor my Story question. Trevor Story playing fucking shortstop. There's no happiness. Trevor Story is now my least favorite player in Red Sox history. And I said That's this. Unfair. That's unfair. I said so this unfair. the second we signed him. I said it the second we signed him because I, I saw this coming. You can go read what I wrote the day we signed it. I was happy 
I'm finally shut people up by signing a nine figure deal. That was the only positive because I said when I wrote it, this feels like the Xander replacement. And if he's the Xander replacement, it's a stupid fucking contract. You could have gotten Jose Iglesias last year to play second. He had a better season than Trevor Story did. He'll probably have a better season this year than Trevor Story did. He played for the Rockies and he had a better average and OPS on the fucking road. Unlike Trevor Story, who also played for the fucking Rockies. He had two good weeks. He was hurt the rest of the year. He cannot throw from short to first. There's no chance he's your shortstop. If he is, you're playing him to sit. You bet he's Jacoby Ellsbury on the Yankees. If you pay him to play shortstop, he's going to get hurt to the point where he's in Arizona most of his career. It's a bad contract. And we give him an opt-in to make it a longer bad contract. Because <laughs> there's no chance he's going to opt out after year four because no one's going to fucking pay him. Because he's not going to be playing. He's going to be hurt all the time. That was a stupid fucking deal. And Coley, like you talk about that arm. Like the Red Sox can go and say Brian O'Halloran, man, on MLB Network the other day, fucking busting fluids left and right talking about Trevor Story and shortstop. <laughs> Stop it. 2020, if you're talking arm strength ranks, which is the new thing from Baseball Savant, 40th percentile in 2020. 19th percentile in 2021, 8th percentile in 2022. You're going to tell me the same team that cared to let Jackie Bradley Jr. go roam around in right field last year while batting a buck 180 and say, hey, you know, we value defense. It's very important. You're going to go play Trevor Story at a premium position at shortstop. And you're going to tell this guy who no longer has the arm to play when he could be a gold glove second baseman, have a chance to be one of the better second basemen in all of baseball. Agreed. You're going to go have him play shortstop for you. When you have the money, you have the finances and there's real baseball reasons. I want Xander here. He was my guy. You know, whether you want to talk the leadership stuff and everything in a vacuum, there's reasons Carlos Correa made more sense for you. Whether you want to talk sure. the bat. Hey, Carlos Correa was a better hitter than Xander Bogarts this past year. I know Bogarts won the silver slugger. Carlos Correa's OPS plus was like 140. I think Bogarts was 131. That's just the reality. Carlos Correa had a down year defensively on the metrics. I think everyone on this podcast would tell you, you know, defensive metrics fluctuate from year to year. The guy was coming off the Platinum Glove Award the previous year. Carlos Correa has a better chance of sticking at shortstop for longer, and he's younger. If you go and get that guy, and he's meant for, he could excel in this market. He is kind of the opposite personality of Bogarts in a lot of ways. He's that heel. But, he's a prick. Yes, but he's a Yankees I'm, killer. I'm, he doesn't give a fuck. And as he hit yeah, that watch, I'm, he hit that watch a year ago. If he did that shit on the Red Sox and we were watching him, everyone would be going nuts the minute he did it. And you would have that guy to pair with Rafael Devers because if Fenway Sports Group isn't willing to go get that superstar to pair with Rafael Devers, blow it up. You're, you're, you're just not going to be able to get that far. You know, just you know, clinging on to Rafael Devers or whatever it may be. And now you're in this situation where, hey, like if you're not going to hand money out to Devers, like, all right, trade him. Trade him now because there's no point if you're not going to give him money. Pair we're those also, guys. We're also putting just an immense amount of pressure on a 19-year-old to be a world-class yeah. shortstop. Like, I know he wasn't the same caliber prospect, but like Ryan Westmoreland. Like, prospects don't make it to the majors for a lot of reasons. Noah fucking song. Could be our number two right now, but he'd rather fly fucking helicopters or whatever the fuck he's doing. You don't know. Like, we can think we know with Marcelo Meyer, and everything you read seems like, yeah, he's the guy. Could it be Matthew Lugo instead because something happens? Yeah, it could. And that's a much, that's a steep drop off when you're talking caliber of prospects. Like, it's just not a guarantee by any stretch of the imagination. Carlos Gray is a proven commodity. And that's why I let off with if 
it got to the point where you're looking at the two deals and they're pretty similar as opposed to you think you're going to get Xander. That was part of Xander outside of him already playing here, outside of him should be the captain, shit like that. He was going to be $100 million cheaper than Carlos Correa. That's what, is it Britain who does the projections every offseason? Yeah. He had, him, he had Xander pegged at like a hot, and he's been off all offseason because the Padres have fucked everything up. But <laughs> he's typically on the money. Like he, he shows you his track record. He's like, this is what I do. Xander was supposed to be like 130 million less than Carlos Correa. Not because he's worse, because he's older and because of the market. Like that's, no one saw this coming. So if, if, the, if that's what the Red Sox line of thinking is, they have to back it up by going and getting Carlos Correa. Because Dansby Swanson is not it. I'd rather not. That seems like a, that's how you make this worse, is by going, giving Dansby Swanson like $210 million or whatever the fuck he's going to get because he'll be the last one. Like, just don't. I'd rather, I'd rather not. <laughs> just rather not, rather literally anyone else. That's the exact move Pete was referencing. Like, if you go and get Dansby right. Swanson to go play shortstop and, you know, be a slightly above average bat and play some solid defense for you. Just what are you doing? You're not doing anything that's going to marginally make your team better. You know, like with Xander Bogarts, there were the intangibles and these other things, the Devers component to it. Getting a slightly above average player and splurging on that? No, you're the boss in Red Sox and you have the yeah. funds to give out these deals. Look and, at what the Phillies have done where they realize the Padres as well. Superstars matter. It's important to have those key caliber top level guys. Carlos Correa is one of those guys. And that's and that's like this Swanson theory hypothetical is like why I get so mad when people are like the Red Sox aren't cheap. Look at how much money they're spending. Blah, blah, blah. Like, look at look at how much like they're they're handing out money. It's like, yeah, they're handing out money as like a, a backup plan to worse players when they're cheaping out on the players that would actually make you a much better team. That's where I get mad about them being cheap. It's like shell out for your plan A, not your plan B or C. That in like at least with the Correa situation, it would be like basically a second plan A because he is a very good player. Jared. Uh, I think it's a unique situation when you break it down. Plan A, Plan B. By the way, shout out Plan B. Uh, if oh, you're Jesus Christ, what? <laughs> I thought you. I thought you raised your hand to be like Carl Scorey just signed with the Giants. Like that's why I thought you raised your hand. <laughs> no, 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 no. He's like, I, no. I yeah, a, plan B rocks. I have it. I have I a take love, on. I love not pulling out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go plan. Leave, B. I think I know. Your Hashtag take, leave it in. Uh, I have a take on the whole plan A, plan B situation because I think it is very unique in the Red Sox case with, with Xander Bogarts being your plan A. You can acknowledge that is, is Carlos Correa the better player? Yeah. Is he younger? Yeah. And to Pete's point about you should always <clears throat> you know, throw your resources and your most money at your plan A to make sure your plan A works out. What if your plan B is technically better but from a PR standpoint, logistically, uh, you can't, you can't, like, if, if Xander Bogart's the most beloved player on your team that's been here for two World Series titles, came up through the system, he's been here since he was 16 years old, you can't, as the Red Sox, be like, you know, we like Xander, but like, we're making Carlos Carrera a top priority this offseason. So that's yeah. why, to Coley's point about the lying, they could be lying all along. For six for 160, 
it's enough to where smart baseball fans be like, that's not a serious offer. Not in this market. Not when you see what Trey Turner got. Uh, not what Xander was projected to get even without seeing any offers. Six for 160 is not a serious offer. You knew that that wasn't going to get it done. You were hoping that it was like a J.D. Martinez situation where other no teams emerged. And it's like, yeah, I guess I'll take six for 160 because I, I prefer to be here. Maybe it's a little bit of a haircut. Maybe maybe like 180s out there, but uh, fine, I'll take Even the 160. Even if it was a serious offer, why didn't they give it to him in spring training or why didn't they give it to him in the mid, mid-season? Well, exactly. well, what if Correa is their plan A secretly? What if it's like, hey, we had to act like we wanted Xander back and tell him that it's the top priority and like, damn, man, really, really missed out on Xander there. And then then you pursue. I don't think this is going to happen, by the way, but it's just a theory. Tyler, let me keep walking down this road. And if you know, let's look at the agents. It's Scott Boris. Scott Boris is uh, their agents. So if Mm -hmm. you really want to walk that line, if you're sitting there spitting game at Carlos Correa, that's getting right straight to Xander Bogarts. And you start to play these games where you try to spin it, whatever PR wise, something gets out that you're clearly invested in the other. It gets sticky. <clears throat> but yeah, well, like also, you, go ahead. I just don't think I, that they're I that do fucking think suave. They would have taken Xander if the price was substantially lower yeah. than Correa. They wanted that was the whole point. I- exactly. They wanted Bogarts at their price. They, they wanted to get him similar to JD, but it was their way or no way. And I think at the end we saw. I can't remember who framed it this way, but when they explained how these negotiations were going to go, it was at the end of the day, the Bogart, like the Red Sox and Bogarts are going to be there. The Red Sox are going to take two steps towards him and they're going to expect Bogarts to take 10 steps towards them. The Red Sox will inch a little, but they're going to expect Bogarts to give in. You can't give in when you're, you know, when someone's telling you instead of hitting free agency at 36, someone's going to take care of you until you're 41 in San Diego with an organization that looks like they're about to compete and do their thing. Oh, by the way, here's another 120 million on top of it. I just, I just wow. don't think that they're, I don't trust them to be that suave to, no, to take agree. that they path to get Correa. No, and even if they are like, it's pretty shitty that you are kind of like spitting in the face of, of a guy like Xander over the course of like a year. I mean, I guess what's shittier if they had signed Correa and Xander was still a free agent. I think that would be worse. Yeah, but at least it, it at least it shows like conviction. At least it shows that they went and got their guy and like and didn't fall back on a plan B. Yeah, like it's, mean, it's, it's, it makes it it's a lot easier to trust. Year, it makes it a lot easier to trust anything that comes out of their mouth when they're talking about the signing in the direction that they're going in. Rather than like if they sign Correa now, I'm going to second guess everything that comes out of their mouth in terms of like their intentions. And like, even if they do say that, like, they can't say that he was the guy now because they already said that Xander was the guy. So it now it's basically it's, like, it's basically like it's uh it's gonna being look like a they shitty boyfriend into Korea. You you don't have the balls to break up with your girlfriend, so you just like are super distant and whatever because you you wait for her to break up with you so that you can be with the person that you really want to be with. Like that's. That would be the equivalent if the Red Sox go out and sign Carlos Correa right now, which I'm not saying they shouldn't do. I would be I would be very happy if they did that right now. But that was the question I was going to ask you guys earlier. Is there a way the Red Sox can salvage their offseason without signing Carlos Correa? Does signing Carlos Correa have to be a part of that? Unless you unless you 
fucking maneuver and macgyver a blockbuster trade that nobody sees coming and i don't even know who the fuck it would be for the problem with everything that doesn't include a shortstop or even does include a shortstop outside of signing gray is like let's say they this isn't going to happen let's say they trade for otani your first reaction is like man would i love this lineup with xander in it if they trade for a shortstop if they trade for a shortstop, it's like, man, I would have rather used those prospects on someone else, and we could have just signed Xander. So that's where you kind of have to sign Correa in order to justify the next move after that. Like, if they go and get Sean Murphy right now, you're like, okay. If you have Xander and you get Sean Murphy, you're like, all right, now I see the vision. Now we're building something here. But anything short of getting a Correa, even Swanson really doesn't cut it. Like, if they had went and got Colton Wong, and Colton Wong's our second baseman right now, and then they go and get Sean Murphy. You're like, this team fucking stinks. I will, this is this is just the Brewers. We've built the Brewers. This is no good. We built the Brewers. The Brewers with worse pitching. Like this is this stinks. Why would I want this team? So yeah, no, you have to go get Correa. And and I I swear to God, no one in that front office, not a single person. They can't leak it to anybody. They can't bring up the luxury tax ever again. They cannot. They have to spend as recklessly as everyone else. I saw something earlier. No team, I think this century has won, or two teams this century have won a World Series without being top 10 in payroll. And it was like the fucking Royals, who do not count. I can't remember the other one because I'm too angry to read uh, at the moment. <laughs> but like, and the Red Sox are not in the top 10 right now. Obviously, the Mets are one. They just keep, they're signing people as we talk right now. So yeah, they have to go get, Correa, and then they have to have another equally strong offseason next offseason. And where where I do push back on, do they have a plan? Can anyone name another Japanese player who was posted and signed the same day within forty five <laughs> minutes of being posted? Never. <clears throat> that's never happened. And I do think that signing it's interesting. So Scott Boris was his agent. So you know, some people are playing well, around negotiated. With- he wasn't like the yeah. agent. He just negotiated. He was like piecing a translator. It. I don't know what the fuck he did. There. It, it's a weird kind of framing of it. But then people, some, some are you know floating the theory. Well, as the Bogarts thing kind of fell apart that night, where they kind of realized, oh shit, you know this isn't going to get. We're not going to get it done. Uh, did they look at Yoshida and say, hey, we we can ink this deal. At least it'll be something people can't say we didn't do anything. It'll kind of hit the headlines now. If they're that stupid and they believe that, God help them. I, I would be very worried, but. Then you start to look at it and say, man, the things coming out today about the overpays, like they are getting killed. And I think the Red Sox are an easy target right now. I wouldn't jump off a bridge like some people are. I think it's a little bit of kicking Heim and the front office when they're down. But you have Kylie McDaniels putting out 10 sources told him today that, you know, the Red Sox are idiots for what they did. Um, Law is over at the athletic basically saying the same thing. It's like, you know, listen, if they believe in this guy and they think he's worth that, take a shot. You can't bitch when they don't spend money. Like People are going to say, all right, Xander, the Red Sox are cheap and not willing to go after it. Well, if they view this guy and they think he can be a batting title contender, you know, something along those lines. All right. Well, they're going to spend. But before Xander signed anywhere, everything I read nationally was glowing about this guy. Oh, so I put mm-hmm. zero stock into anything that came out today. We, we you saw- had former major league players talking about him. You had current major league players talking about him. Like he just won gold for Japan in the Olympics. He beat Tristan Cassis. 
and he won the Japanese title. Like the Japanese league is no slouch. Like this isn't Hideo Nomo coming over. Like it's it's much better than it was. This he's going up against a lot of former major leaguers and taking them deep. And we were watching the video. <laughs> Who was one of the guys he took deep? It was Tanaka. <clears throat> Yeah, like he's showing he can hit these guys. And if the comp is right, Luis Arise, okay. Like if he's that guy, then he will be worth that money. If he's getting on base at a great clip, if he's hitting 300 every single season, like it, it just be like a very high end, like Nori Aoki, like from, you know, back in Milwaukee, a guy who was getting on base and hitting for a high average. When you talk about the Red Sox leadoff hitters over the last, you know, three or four years, it's been pathetic. It's been sickening, yeah. especially last year. Kike was up and down in 2021. I don't want to completely destroy him. But, you know, since the Mookie trade and everything, you have not had that guy. And how many times last year did we bitch about guys in this lineup striking out on three pitches in a fucking rally? Excuse me. Go ahead. Coley? Jared? <clears throat> I, got a, I got this DM. Uh, I was going to say Schwarber was the only other leadoff guy, and he would be sick to have. But continue. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Got this DM about an hour and a half ago. Um, I pitched against Yoshida and watched him play this year. He has incredible. He has an incredibly great eye. Bat to ball is great. Has some good power as well. I didn't see him struggle much at all. He's not your typical Japanese baseball player. I hope he pans out for y'all. This is from a former big leaguer that has played against them and I guess seen like I said everything that's come out since Xander I do not put much stock into because it's so easy to kick someone when they're an easy target like in in any area of life people like doing this and right now it's easy to shit on him and I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to get shit on but like some people it feels like they've been waiting for this and they've got it teed up and no one was angrier about the Mookie trade than me. And it was like people defended that. Defended it. It was insane. Like last night when that broke, who did you see anyone, any reporter tweet out like, whoa, this is an overpay? I I, I didn't see anything like that last night. When or no, yeah, last night when it not broke. Not when it happened. No, everyone was like, in this is outside of the Red Sox. Like John Morosi was like, oh, this is a fantastic move. Like this is the kind of guy, all right, here come the Red Sox. Like they're making some moves. It, people are going down in whatever way they can, but when the Red Sox are fulfilling a need, and I think this is a little bit, you know what it up is? For, go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you who the Red Sox are right now. Do you know? Do you know what comparison I'm gonna draw? What? I'm gonna tell you right now. There's a, there's a perfect comparison for what the Red Sox are. Uh, at this exact moment. Coley, do you have any guesses of where I'm going with this? I think you're going to Golden, Colorado. (laughs) No, not yet. Kind of close, though, I guess. Um, It is cold where I'm going. Uh, But the Red Sox right now, even, even when they don't deserve to get hate and get beat up and made fun of, they're still getting beat up and they're still getting hate. And it's almost like it's just fun to do. It's like it's, it's the thing to do right now. I'm through with standing in line. The, clubs will never the Red Sox are Nickelback, man. Bottom of the ninth and I'm never going to win 
I'm telling you right now. You want to tell me that that's not a perfect comparison? This is a great song. This is a great band from Canada. It's cold there, too. You want to tell me that Nickelback doesn't put out bangers? Of course they do. They put out banger after banger after banger. The Red Sox win championship after championship after championship. And they're getting hate right now. They're getting a lot of hate. It's 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 cool right now. It's popular. It's in. It's it's hip to hate on the Red Sox right now. Just like everyone did with Nickelback. What'd you say? It's more deserved for the Red Sox. Yeah. What was the last time the Red Sox like really knocked it out of the park? No pun intended. Uh, yeah, twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty twenty one for sure. No, but I'm talking. I'm talking about like a singular move, like a singular, like an like a deal. transaction. Cole's yes. right. It's Schwarber. I mean, it's still Schwarber. I know, yeah, I know. Me and Tyler can name the prospect that was traded for Kyle Schwarber. Yeah. Can anyone else? <laughs> exactly. Aldo Ramirez's elbow is legit friggin' hoof meat. The minute he got over there, and he has been completely gone ever since. Like that. That was the whole thing. After if if you reversed the last two years of both the Phillies and the Red Sox, would people around here even be mentioning Dombrowski? No. Yeah. He had the exact same last two years as we've had. He also lost to Houston in six. He just got to play in the NL, so he did it in the World Series. So people think that matters more. We also lost to Houston in six. Like it's not crazy different. He acquired Kyle Schwarber. We acquired acquired Kyle Schwarber. Like yeah, he did it for longer. And he had an inside track when he hired his fucking hitting coach and best friend. But it's like, I don't I can't like until all these until the the other shortstops off the market, I refuse to be like furious. Until the offseason's over. I know the winter meeting ended. I refuse to be furious. Like I'm I'm trying to be measured here. And I, I agree. They do not earn the trust that they're going to figure this out. I just don't like when, when I hear they have no plan and I hear rival GMs being like, oh, look at those idiots. It's like, yeah, every team that spent more than them has lost more than them. I'll buy a lot. The Padres have never won anything. Literally never. They never will probably. Like I have no faith that they were just, they just had a chance. They didn't do it. Like, I, there's no reason for me to believe in these teams. There's no reason for me to believe in the Mets. There's no reason for me to believe in the Yankees, who still haven't done anything. Right now, they've brought back the same team, plus a reliever they used to have. Like, they haven't done anything. I don't... We can still upgrade. Like, this, this isn't over. They can't talk about the fucking luxury tax. They can't talk about international pool money. Like, that was the reason they traded Mookie Betts. These are all bad reasons to do things. They keep doing that right now with people as mad as they are. Yeah, I'll be right in the front. Right in the front. No problem. Right now, I'm focused on Trevor Story and hating him. <laughs> but like, my, my biggest thing is always is just like, and this has continuously been this way for like much of the past year, year and a half. It just feels like a rudderless ship. It feels like they have no idea where they're going and they don't have like a clear sense of direction. And Maybe I'm wrong on that, but like there's very little evidence to suggest that they know where they're steering the ship. The only ship 
I can see them steering towards. Is a ship right now, only one other organization is really capable of, of getting based on, I guess, two, because I can't count out the Mets. I do think they're going for Otani based on everything they've done. I can't imagine why they wouldn't. Who? And if they get Senga, huh? The Red Sox? Yeah. You think the, <laughs> you think the Red Sox are going for Shohei Otani? They've gone for Shohei Otani. They've literally done it before. Yeah. Uh, but that was when he was like, I don't want to make money yet. <laughs> so <laughs> That was literally where he was like, yeah, I want to make league minimum for a little bit and really earn it. Now sure. he's going to cost like 500 fucking million dollars. Ton of money. Yeah, I don't think it's like the best idea, but it's right now, if I were to guess what path they're going down, that would be the guess. The only thing, the other reason Otani didn't want to play in Boston was because a, a little farther away from Japan than the West Coast is. See, can I, can I just talk about that for a second? When, <laughs> when I'm when very these, excited to see where this goes. Inform us on this, Jared, please. When, when fucking, like, you get these players from Japan who come from Japan to Major League Baseball, and now they live in the United States of America. And everyone's like, well, they're probably going to sign in Seattle or California because it's closer to Japan. How many of these fucking players are just going home to Japan on the weekends? Like, you live here for the year. It doesn't matter where geographically in the United States you are. If you're from Japan and then you come play Major League Baseball, who can, it's not like, oh, I like I, I uh, you know, I have a long distance relationship like I'm in Boston, but like I kind of go to New York sometimes to see this girl on the weekends. It's like it's not like that. You're you you're from Japan in the offseason. You can just go to Japan, but you're not going there in your spare time. Oh, you know, the uh, the angels have an off day. So Shohei Otani went back to Japan today and he'll be back tomorrow. Who fucking cares how close you are to Japan when you're playing in the majors? That makes no sense at all. I wonder if it's, it has it, more to do with like family and shit. Like no, who cares? Other people, who cares? other people coming over. How, we'll you ever see Shohei's dad? Family. Never, never. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> Shohei's dad uh, doesn't actually exist. Papa Otani. No. This is from uh, Suspetta's family barbecue. The Red Sox have signed the third most players out of the NBP and all of MLB. The Mets are first. Seattle and the Dodgers both have six. Uh, Yoshi made it five for the Red Sox. So if they get Senga as well, they will have the second most uh, in in Japanese uh, pro baseball history. Uh, that to me seems like a decent pitch to Shohei if that is the plan. Like I said, I'm I'm guessing based off the only moves they've made. I don't think they're like, you know what? We've got Chris Martin. Let's get the rest of Coldplay. Like, I don't think that's the plan. It might be. It might be the plan. I don't think it is. Um, Jolie Rodriguez is cool. Uh, we got Kenley. That was. We've it's got a pronounced closer. Jolie's. We've got a closer that's projected uh, for a team that's projected to win like 31 games. So that's, that's good. <laughs> um, got to make sure you win those 31. Yeah, no, you gonna lock them down. Um, <laughs> lock those 31 down. So outside of like, if you get Correa, you give uh, Devers his money, then yeah, like what else really makes sense? Because unless Yoshi's going to play DH, that is still a hole that's yet to be filled. 
and they didn't get Josh Bell. So I don't or fucking Jose Abreu or Anthony Rizzo, who who must feel like such an idiot. How much more money could have Rizzo gotten? Yeah, he came or back Tyler, right away. Tyler Anderson, who was the fucking first pitcher to sign? Tyler Anderson's Anderson. a dude. Tyler a Anderson moron. and James Paxton. Dude, Scott Boris <laughs> fucked James Paxton. Like, I don't know what Scott Boris feels about James Paxton, but for him to let him pick up that four million player option, holy shit! Disrespectful, crazy. beyond disrespectful. Rob disrespectful. Batman. Don't you think probably just like. Boris probably just told Paxton to sign the first contract that he saw because he was going to disintegrate into dust and he was not going to get any money. I would also just, if I were James Paxton, I would feel bad that I took, however, what did we pay him this wow. year? Like $8 million to, to just rehab? Oh, it was like $12 million. million. I'd be like, all right, like I kind of owe you one. That's how I would feel because <laughs> I I'm honorable. But. I, I would have thought that about the fucking Padres. Where was our collusion? The Yankees cried to the Mets. Please don't try and pay our player. Please, please, Steve Cohen. Where was our collusion? Why didn't we send out an amo, a memo? The Yankees weren't fined for that. Nothing happened. You can yeah. clearly collude. Baseball loves collusion. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like the fact that they publicly admitted collusion was kind of hilarious. Like, I'm not going to. And go then there was no friends player. <laughs> what? Yeah, there was absolutely me? no punishment for it. They're like, ah, come on. Cut it out, guys. Steve, Come on, we're just pals. At this point, you can't punish Steve Cohen. I'm sorry. It, like he, with the money he's he spending, he is wrong. Major League Baseball. He's fucking spending 325 million dollars. Like you're gonna tell that man? Oh, sorry, we're we're about to punish you. Go fuck yourself. There's no fine you can give them. Punish Not the th- Yankees for being cowards. That's it. it, it I would maybe Hal Steinbrenner. Like the, the, the Dodgers are gonna go after Shohei. They've made that quite clear by the fact that they haven't done like they're gonna stink this year. That That's stinks. why you get under the luxury tax this year. They're they're gonna regress and win 99 games. <laughs> I don't know, man. They fucking stink. They <laughs> have you seen their lineup? Their lineup is bad. It doesn't matter. They're, they're the Dodgers. They just like all right, yeah. Well, we're gonna throw out a couple of slap dicks and and win 101 games. I don't and know, man, <laughs> you don't know think. Even luck, they won 111 games. And I was looking at the roster being like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's not like, holy shit. Like, I would look at the Padres roster and be like, wow, this team is legit. The Padres were like 500 until they got Soto. And even then, they didn't like really turn it on until the playoffs. And Soto didn't do dick. He did more than Bell. Yeah, he did. That's not saying much. What was the what was the quote from Heim like a month or two ago? He's like, "We are going Fuck! to be significantly better." <laughs> that was the quote. Yeah, that, like, that was the quote. That you meant from last night. Strongest beam we have here. That was his quote. No, no, from like a month or two ago when 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 he said something and then we talked about it on the show where he was like, "We're going to be significantly better next year," or oh, something he, like he that. He told that to Kike. Oh yeah, 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 that's right. And Kike kind of like shared Kike it out of, like out, of, out of class. Yeah. But damn it, I trusted him. <laughs> I mean, did we talked about that off the air, right? We didn't talk about the the Julian article on the air. No, ah, no, a little we did. Well, yeah, we touched Thanks. on it. I think we referenced it, but I mean, can someone please do a dramatic reading from that? Tyler, are you a good reader? Uh, I've learned to read recently. Give me one second. I'll pull it up. Yeah. The why don't you, uh, yeah, we talked about that on the show. I don't think we did. I think it was before we came on. No, we did. I know. Jake. I don't think we like broke it down. I think we just 
No, we didn't break it down. We talked about it though. Well, we're about how the front office is shell shocked. Yeah. Well, like the uh, about like Heim just staring off into space after Xander Bogarts signed with the Padres. No, I mean we didn't really like go into it, but you did mention that like there is a shell shock element. Yeah. Okay, I have it up. Yes. Okay. Please, as you were. Okay. Roughly 45 minutes before Bloom's red-eye flight took off for Boston, capping a winter meetings that seemed to conclude with optimism for Bloom and the Sox, news broke that Xander Bogarts, the kid from Aruba who warms the souls of Boston faithful for 10 years, had agreed to an 11-year, $280 million contract to play in the city Bloom was departing. All Bloom could do was stare. The group of eight or so Red Sox executives and front office staff, including assistant GM Mike Rootman, slouched in the Sky Club's blue leather chairs, scrolling through the phones. Bloom, the Sox leader, stood wearing a light green zip-up fleece, along with blue pants and dark brown shoes. Appearing out of sorts, trying to wrap his mind around the idea that Bogarts would be a Padre, Bloom needed time to gather his thoughts. The Red Sox knew a deal with the Padres was likely, that their six-year, $160 million offer was no match for the Padres. A team that has shown a willingness to pay or overpay stars over the years. Give me a minute, Bloom said. The minute turned into two. Then a brief walk to gate 37A, where Delta Flight 1108 began to board. Give me a minute, Bloom repeated, staring into space in isolation, no longer peering at his phone. How could he patch this one together? How could Bloom make sense of this loss so soon after it happened? As inexplicable as it seemed at the time, the Mookie Betts trade was a move Bloom could defend. Bloom was adamant about testing the free agent market. He wanted to get his fair market value and was unapologetic about it. The Red Sox were well over the luxury tax too. But Bogarts was different. The Red Sox were under the luxury tax. They had money to spend. And at every turn, Bogart said he wanted to remain with the Red Sox. The homegrown shortstop who exceeded expectations never wanted to leave until he was left with no choice. Hopefully we figure something out, Bogart said at his locker on the last day of the 2022 season. Roughly 30 minutes before takeoff, Bloom had stared enough. Everyone is sad that he's not going to be a part of the organization, Bloom said. We're incredibly grateful for him, for everything he's accomplished here and what he helped this organization accomplish. Bloom's voice trembled. The Red Sox plan to achieve long-term sustainability has taken its lumps under Bloom, with the club finishing last in the American League East in two of the last three seasons. The Red Sox have now seen two cornerstone players exit over the last four off-seasons. Don't really know why it was necessary to describe what Heim Bloom was wearing. The whole thing his blue pants. It, 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 <laughs> his blue pants. You could see his throbbing member start to shrink <laughs> when he looked at his phone and he saw Xander Bogarts was going to the beach. Remember? <laughs> uh, like, even the last paragraph that like details him getting on the flight and it, it's like describing his it's body. Like fan like, fiction. It, it's what yeah. it sounds like. And it's like Dude, he's sitting there. He's worked his ass off, and they probably haven't slept for like three days. Like it is the craziest time of the off season for them. 
I'm sure he's not beaming off the wall after he missed out on what they considered their top target. Dude, if I was Heim Bloom and I woke up and and like I read that the next morning and it was like some fucking baseball writer doing fan fiction and just staring at me while I found out that I wasn't signing Xander Bogarts, <laughs> I would send him. I would immediately send him a text message. He'd be like, "What the fuck is wrong with you, you pervert? Why are you fucking staring longingly and taking notes about what I was wearing and like my facial expressions? Fucking weirdo." Even like the ending. This is like Bloom, despite the clammy feel on the plane, still wore his fleece. His mind was in Boston, where it could be a cold winter. I We're talking it. about baseball here. This dude was going for a Pulitzer about <laughs> Xander going to San Diego. Xander going to San Diego was barely mentioned in that article. Like it was barely. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who wrote that? Julia McWilliams. Okay. Yeah, he's the man. Good dude. Not a real name. <laughs> I thought it was good. I I like to I like very when dramatic. I, I like being able to read something and then you can just see it in your mind. That's the that's the mark of a great writer, in my opinion. He paints a great picture. Actually, speaking of B writers, I sent I a message gonna... to Chad Jennings. Whoa. Nothing. Nothing. Okay, now I'll put this out, Jared. I know you're recording. He's also not an active Twitter user, but anyways, what are you going to say? While you were recording Baseball is Dead, I actually uh, spoke with Katio. That fucking, that piece of shit. I did. I was going to call him fat, but that's mean. uh, Well, I know during this time where you're not probably in the best state of mind, you know, we're all kind of concerned for where you're at. His dad mm-hmm. is absolutely torching him on Twitter tonight, ratioing him. He's getting ratioed by his own father on Twitter. His dad is? So, yes, it's it's really embarrassing, actually. Well, his dad called him fat for all the ice cream. Yep. And, and all, like, he's just toasting him, telling him, hey, we don't actually read your articles. We don't love you. Like, we just click on them so you get the page view. Like, just being 100% honest. Um, and then, you know, he took it a little far. He started recommending people to listen to Fenway Rundown and... I, I didn't want to do that, so I told he took him. it a little far. But <laughs> being like, "Hey, you should listen to my shitty podcast." I just told him to stay by the phone tonight. I was like, "Just, just keep the phone next to you in case you're needed." Because I don't think this time around, if you play around and you don't answer, it won't be good for you. It won't definitely be good for anyone. Be good for him. I don't even know. Like, I, I after the last 24 hours, the last person I want to talk to is Katia. What about uh? Uh, who's the fuck face that ran away to Houston that eats breakfast? Drellick. Yeah. <laughs> you say the one that eats breakfast? I he does. <laughs> the one that eats breakfast. <laughs> that fuck face who eats breakfast. We, we called him at like 2.30. Was it the last time we, we yeah. called him? Yes. We called him. It was 2.30 and he goes, hey, I'm at breakfast and he just hung up. It was like 2.30 a.m. or p.m.? P.m. Yeah, that's psychotic. Right. So he's the breakfast, it's draft day. He's a pancake eating fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Who else am I like, like, I almost thought of like Julian to be the, the Red Sox reporter of the podcast. That's the fucking guy we just read. Yeah. You'd like him if you met him. You really would. Does he talk like that? <laughs> no, not at all. All right. I think nice he'd to like meet you, Coley. I really love that plush sweater you got going <laughs> on and those throbbing corduroy jeans. <laughs> I think you'd like him. I'll introduce you. What's his, what's his Twitter handle? 
And that's a Tyler question. Yep, I, I got really you. Name. I don't care anymore. Well, I'm trying to <laughs> buy Julian Mack. Buy Julian Mack. I think he used to cover the A's. Yeah. He played minor league ball, right? My uh, I, That's true. I don't know that. <clears throat> he doesn't follow me, so I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> well, if he's coming from the Oakland market, it's a little different. You're saying I don't have any pull in the Oakland market? <laughs> no, but I'm saying I'm saying I need a fucking blue moon right now. Baseball season's over. You can still feel that ballpark nostalgia with Blue Moon. In fact, Blue Moon was born in a ballpark at the Sandlot Brewery in Denver, Colorado. Blue Moon is one of a kind of beer experience. It isn't just for baseball uh, season. It's also perfect for holiday season. It's bold flavor, bright explosion of color, iconic orange slice ritual, and authentic ballpark roots will make your holidays unique and flavorful. Pete, if I were to ask you right now, who's one Red Sox reporter that you would love to share a Blue Moon with? Do you count? No. All right. uh, Jen McCaffrey. Jen McCaffrey. Come on down and get your blue moon. Pete Blackburn. Do you think? uh, No, she wouldn't do this, right? No, I don't know. Do you know her well, Pete? Yeah. Do you think that she would do this? I feel like she would only do it if you were here. Do what? Be the the beat reporter for the podcast. Like replace Katio. He's fired. Yeah, I think she would. Really? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk. We've got a we've got a list of contenders. It's Julian. It's Jen. It's Chad. Even though he didn't answer my DM, which is which is very upsetting. I like Chad. Playing hard to get a lot. Well, don't. That's not how you. That's not how you. That's a miss. Don't fumble the bag. That's a big miss. Uh, from its refreshing flavor with Valencia orange peel for a subtle sweetness and hints of coriander, Blue Moon Belgian style wheat ale is a one of a kind beer that's made brighter. It's carefully crafted and full flavored with refreshing notes and a smooth, creamy finish. Why strike out with the same old beer when you can get something that's one of a kind? Best served with a signature orange garnish to showcase its beautiful hazy color. A beer this good only comes around once in a blue moon, but you can enjoy it all holiday season long. Enter for a chance to win an exclusive Blue Moon paper shoot camera to immortalize those unforgettable holiday moments. Make your holidays brighter than ever with Blue Moon. Get Blue Moon delivered by uh, delivered and enter to win an exclusive paper shoot camera at get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. That is get.bluemoonbeer.com slash Jared. Blue Moon made brighter. Celebrate responsibly. Blue Moon Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado Ale. No purchase necessary. Open to legal residents of 50 USDC. 21 plus only begins 11-1-2022 and ends 12-31-2022. Includes four entry periods for rules. Visit bluemoonholiday.com. Void where prohibited. Message and data rates may apply. Suck one. And suck one. Um... Who would sign Correa based on the landscape of the league right now? That's the question. The Dodgers, the Dodgers won't. The Giants the won't. The, the Giants, Giants the Cardinals, the Cardinals. I don't so think I, they'd give I that contract out. Huh? I don't think the Cardinals would give that contract out, especially after Wilson Contreras. Do you think they would trade for Trevor Story? No. Jared, can you text Nolan Arenado and tell him to beg Mosaliak, however the fuck you say his name, to trade for his pal back? <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, technically, I do have that capability. Yes, I think you should. Okay. I'll take who, Lars Newtbar. He's got a funny name. I'll take him back. <laughs> he's got a Newtbar. Yeah. Big Newt. Yeah, he sounds like one of the camp counselors at fucking uh, the fat camp. What was that movie? Heavyweights? The heavyweights, Lars yeah. Newtbar. That sounds like a fucking something that you would order in Europe when yeah. you're trying to get a candy bar. Lars Newtbar, please. <laughs> That's their protein bar. That's their, that's their neutral grain. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that story for for Big Newt. Um, Big Newt. And then we get Correa, and now we have a bunch of money because Story's not here. You want to get rid of Trevor Story after one year? That's your thing. If it's if it's going to hinder us from making moves that actually for like good baseball players, yeah. But why does think- it need to? Like it shouldn't have to. Like you, I, you're the boss in Red Sox with the money you're spending. You should be able to keep him in second. I, you should have been able to keep Mookie in right. And yeah. Xander at short. Like of agreed. Course, I, they shouldn't be hindrances. They obviously are. I, and I think now, though, if you really want to go and they want to use their excuse, let's flip their words on them. Where they said, and I believe it was on Section Ten, right? Heim said, "Hey, like we did the Mookie deal, so that with Xander Endeavors, we wouldn't have to do it." Well. Here we are, December eighth, twenty twenty two, and that is not reality. Yeah, yeah, and you should not, you should not have to be like finagling and maneuvering around contracts and players to like put together a winning team after you just won seventy eight games last season. Agreed entirely. Like I don't disagree. I tweeted it was like August. I was like. Resigning Devers and Bogarts and then making a lot of smaller moves is one of the best offseasons we could have. And if you go pull that tweet up, it's people disagreeing left and right. Like, you cannot do this. This is a terrible idea. Like, injuries, it's kind of early last year Celtics when people were overreacting and saying you had to trade Jalen and Jason. Like, no, they were just the most injured team since COVID became a thing. They had led the league in COVID and then other injuries on top of it. That was the Red Sox this year. Most of they spent more dollars for the IL than anyone in baseball. So it was like, yeah, do you have to do other stuff too? Of course you do. To bring back the core guys was super important. They already fucked mm-hmm. that up. Yeah, and, and like that's the thing with me. People act like it's, you know, t- 2012 or 2015 where you're picking 7th in the draft now or you know, coming off 2014 where we're talking Trey Ball and fucking uh, Andrew Benintendi. Dude, you you won 78 games. You play in the best division in baseball so it looks worse. You were right there. You were basically 500. Like you were the four. You had the 14th worst record in baseball. You needed to get better. If you go and say, "All right, you're healthy and you improve the team a little bit," there's no reason you're not there at least fighting for the wild card. No reason whatsoever. And you were, you know, ahead of the wild card before the injuries ultimately poured completely on you. Like that's the reality of the situation. They were trending up, or trending up, and then they got completely collapsed on because they couldn't stay healthy. When Tanner Houck moved into that closer role and solidified everything, everything was rocking. And then Whitlock, down. Nate Evaldi, down. You have a series where Strom and Story die in the same game. Trevor, or, you know, Chris Sale the next week, finger snaps off on a comebacker. Like, trust me, there were issues. There's no doubt about that. But all that stuff going down, Devers never getting right after hurting his hamstring. It's a lot of stuff that went wrong for you. A lot of stuff after a year in 2021 where a lot of things went right. That's baseball. 
Devers was on pace for like 39 to 43 home runs early in the season. He finished in the mid 20s. Like clearly there's something was wrong. Like that's just not what was supposed to happen. It was a cursed year. Like it happens. But to make things worse, how it is right now, you either keep going way down that path. And if you sell Devers, there's no reason to keep story there either. Like story was supposed to be the piece where it's like, oh man, this guy's hitting sixth or seventh. That's sick. Right now he's like, your second best player, that's a problem. I was terrified. Like I, I was writing the lineup before I came on and I'm like, Yoshida one, let, let's say Devers two. And I'm like, three or four, you really don't have anything. And it's like, after that was Trevor Story hitting fifth, Verdugo sixth, Casa seventh, Hernandez eighth, Maguire ninth. Like, yeah, I'm going to puke that, in that my lineup is, mouth. is extremely anonymous, like even in New England. Yeah. It's like, just not going to do is, it. It's, the, the lineup is like anonymous. Yeah, that's what I like. I was just spacing out thinking about that. Where, what did I see today? It's like, oh, the Red Sox still have 40 million to spend before they hit the luxury tax threshold. I'm like, how the fuck? Like, who's even on the team? Like, I was thinking, like, winter weekend. I was like, who the fuck is going to be there? Who, who's, who is still on this team? And, and even when you look at like guys, like, it's like, all right, who, uh, I was thinking about like, um, like popularity wise, it's like Verdugo probably is the guy now that has like the most followers on the team. He's making what, like seven million dollars? Yeah, like, he's right in that Benintendi arbitration. Is he going to be there? Yeah. In huh? that, that uh, Coley, I'm right there with you. It's like, okay, well, you got Yoshida. I, I, I think he's basically Andrew Benintendi. Like they're hoping he's like a former Andrew Benintendi this past year. That's what you were hoping Alex Verdugo was going to become. Didn't you like a guy who can work counts hit for high average? He's not the defender Verdugo is, but are they going to play Alex Verdugo in right field for 162 games next year? They can't. They can't. And and that's like the most of the research that I've turned up on Yoshida was this guy can't fucking field. They're like he's a really good hitter, but you know you're gonna have to stick him in left and hope for the best. That's not like a disaster. Of his game at DH last year. He sounds like their DH. Yeah, everything. Like he sounds like their DH to and also to spell an outfielder and patchwork. That's what it sounds like. He's he's Japanese lefty JD Martinez. Yeah, <laughs> without the power. Well, actually, that's JD. <laughs> no. So last year, he's last year JD Martinez. <laughs> he's also five eight. We love that. Super short. Oh, five six. <laughs> <laughs> Super short. That was my Zolak. <laughs> Nailed it. Damn. Also, I, I feel like we have to give props to Carlos Correa for playing his hand incredibly well with just being like, yeah, I'll fucking play for the goddamn Minnesota Twins for a year so I can make $300 million next year. What, what an absolute play. By that still, guy. Didn't he still get 30 this year? What was what did he yeah, get this 30, year? 35.3. 35? Outrageous. I'm yeah, the pretty Twins sure. Like 399 or something, wasn't it? I, it? I thought it was like like 270 or something. Was that what it was? That was like I a two year deal. Yeah, so this past season he made 35.1. Jesus Christ, dude. It was I think it was a three year deal that had opt outs after both years. Every yeah, every okay. year. Yeah. What's his market? What is his market right now? That's what I'm trying to say. It's the, like the Dodgers have removed themselves, but that doesn't mean they won't do it. But they like the 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 only blessing we have with Carlos Correa 
is that so many people fucking hate him. They blame him for the entire incident, which is insane. It's truly insane. The Yankees will not touch him. The Dodgers will not touch him. The Giants have never signed anyone ever. The who else is in? It's the Twins. Are the Twins going to do it again? I'd love be my guest. The White Sox are incompetent. The Mets have Lindor. I I just don't like the the Padres going to do it. Are they going to put him in fucking center? They might. They fucking might. I will say the one thing that worried me a little bit. So before we start recording, Brandon Nimmo back to the Mets. I thought the, it looked like he was a giant. Like that was going to be the kind of guy they kind of poured into. Well, now he's back to New York. So if the Giants are going to make us a, a signing, a big one, and like Coley says, they fumble the bag every fucking time. Uh, but got, Correa Mitch, would be that guy. They got Mitch Haniger. They're good. Well, they need they need another outfielder out there. They're fucking horrendous out there. Yeah, they're the stink. Giants they're the are Giants. really the only team that I've seen at, named as like they jump to the top of the Carlos Correa market. Like, who the fuck did they leapfrog? Who, who else is there? Right. If the Cardinals oh, aren't going to do it, the Cubs. But that's the Dansby angle as well. Right. Yeah. Okay. Jake, book uh, Scott Boris. I got questions. I want to know, like, realistically speaking. Because I I all I happen to agree with Coley. I, I don't think that the Dodgers are out, especially after hearing Andrew Friedman talk at the winter meetings, being like, "We're not necessarily hunting players for certain positions. We're kind of just looking for the best players available, and then we'll fit the puzzle pieces wherever we can." And so the longer it goes, the more those teams start. It's it's a Rod and the Yankees again. The longer that went, they were like, "Yeah, why don't we trade for this fucking guy?" Like this is. <laughs> <laughs> this is the longer it plays out, the, the Dodgers are like, hey, we could actually sign him and show, hey, that we there's nothing stopping us from doing that. Yeah, let's go get yeah. him. Like, yeah, there's no rule that says we can't have both guys. There's no yeah. reason to wait. Like the Red Sox need to be crazy aggressive and crazy soon. Like it, I'm still holding out hope we see it before this podcast ends. It, it, but like, and you honestly look at it, the relationship with Cora. Like, if you want to make... Cora's probably hurting a little bit right now. Like, like he lost his shortstop. The guy he loves in Xander Bogarts. All right. We'll go get the shortstop he had before he had Xander. When he was, you know, bench coach Cora's over there. Cora's got to be fucking pissed, man. Of course. He's got to be pissed. Because oh, he's the one okay. who has to sit in front of the media every single fucking night and talk about how he just watched his team suck ass while... Ownership hasn't been seen from in fucking a handful of years. Yeah, like, he, well, he only Alex begged Cora, after every game. Alex Cora is in an impossible position right now because we talked about having too many cooks in the kitchen. That that was a theme this year. Cora having some say in like the the front office, being like, "Yeah, give me," or at least during the Dombrowski years. Like I know that would be like, "Hey, I want this guy." And then Sugar Daddy Dave would go. <laughs> get what ac wanted but uh now it's like obviously alex is very close with a lot of his players that's just that's just who he is as a manager he's uh he's a player's manager i think um the fact that he's bilingual the fact that he was uh sort of like a utility guy so he can he's played every day he's played multiple positions he can relate to a lot of different walks of life that come through the the, the clubhouse doors at Fenway Park. Um, so he's tight with the players, but then he's also got some pull in the front office. 
And when you don't have all the pull, you don't have the final say, you, it's not your wallet that's dishing out $280 million uh, to sign Xander Bogarts or whatever, 350 to get Carlos Correa. Uh, that's a frustrating position to be in where it's like, I can give you input and I want to keep these guys. I want to win. That's the reason why I'm here. Uh, that's the reason why I came back here. I had other options. I could have gone to another organization and managed there. Maybe they were greener pastures elsewhere, but I wanted to be here in Boston and I did not want to be part of a rebuild. Um, that's going to be a frustrating position because if, the, if there were a Venn diagram, it would be players, front office, and then the overlap of those two circles is Alex Cora. And he's just on an island by himself in hell <laughs> being like, Get me some goddamn players that can help me win this year. I'm not even asking for a, a slam dunk World Series team. Like there, there are elite super teams in Major League Baseball right now. I don't think the Red Sox in in one offseason, even if they do sign Carlos Correa, are going to b- join that class. They still kind of have a long way to go before we're like, all right, we're back. World Series or bust year. I don't think that they're they're not an offseason away from that. But you can make a pretty gigantic leap from where you were, which is last place, to a team that maybe, maybe fans will be excited about seeing them take the field. Maybe. <laughs> but it, it's going to cost you $350 million. So, you know, good luck on that. Yeah, I mean, I, I still think the path to a salvageable offseason starts with Correa right at the top. You go get Heim as recently as this week said we were getting seven to nine new players. <laughs> My tally has us at four. Three of them are relievers. One of them's a DH slash left fielder who's never played in the MLB before. And I don't want to keep saying that like I'm down on him. I'm higher on the risk when we have a short, an all-star shortstop. That's where I'm higher on the risk. I do think he's going to be solid. Right now, he's our biggest bat that we've got, and he's just literally never played pro baseball before. So that's where it's a little shaky. You get Correa, I'm right back in on Yoshida. You have to go get Rodon or Senga. And I've, I've heard a lot of people, until the Red Sox sign him, we'll hear Kodai Senga's actually terrible. As of this moment, I've heard a lot of people who have him above Rodon, just in terms of pure arm talent. They think he's the best pitcher available right now. And if the, the plan is Shohei next year and it's like, listen, we're just trying to make this feel a little bit like more like home than <laughs> typical Boston does, um, then I, I see that vision too. But if it's not one of those two pitchers in Correa, it, it makes it a lot harder. I think Sean Murphy, especially after the Cardinals did go get Wilson Contreras, I think that's where it cash and chips in over Brian Reynolds. I do think Brian Reynolds, from everything I've read, is going to cost more than Murphy. Um, and I think Murphy affects the game more. Um, and then I think you have to call the Marlins because the Marlins are as dumb as they come. And the Marlins <laughs> where you get Pablo Lopez and something else. Uh, if they want to trade someone better than Pablo Lopez, you you accept. But I don't think they will. I don't think they're that dumb. Heyman has... I do, uh, I do like that, that you're like... Uh... They signed Yoshida. He has not played in MLB. So trash, but they signed Kodai Sango. We're back in business, baby. I don't think, no, it's yeah. not like a trash thing. It's just like, it's like, I think it's a fair concern. It's coming from a place of anger. This guy's never played in Major League Baseball. Kodai Sango, we're on, we're on the right track. 
I'm, I'm high. I was high on both of them because I also thought we'd have a shortstop. Now it's just like it's he's our best player. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that came that happened quickly. That happened very quickly. The market yeah. for Senga right now, per John Heyman, that fuck. Mets, Giants, Red Sox, Cubs, Padres, Rangers. And he prefers, which I like, to sign in a big market. So I guess take out the Rangers and the Padres, maybe. And, and he wants to win now, right? Wasn't that the other big part of it? <laughs> That's what I've been told, yeah. Which I've always been told that. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're not well suited. But if you go get Carlos Correa, maybe you can fake it a little bit. And he's, he's going to like travel and visit cities first too, right? Oh, so this is what's kind of oh. concerned me. He's already traveled to a few different teams. Like I believe the Padres, the Mets, uh, he hasn't come to Boston. They, they're interested though. Like I keep seeing the report, but he, at least according to Spear, had not been to Boston yet. And there, there wasn't some kind of like, oh, he's coming. It's just, it hasn't happened. Right. And, but I will say when um, everything was breaking the other night in, uh, we were talking about Yoshida. The Japanese papers reported that the Red Sox were very heavy into uh, Sanga. Right. So, yeah, I, I love stats. Hey, dude, he Stat, is. Stat I don't know how he translates more, it. More Japanese newspapers than anyone. <laughs> Last year during the Seiya stuff, he was like, I don't know if it's real, but uh, Yahoo Japan has announced that Seiya Suzuki <laughs> has signed with the Red Sox. Like, he, no one's more in the weeds than stats. He's the best. He's truly the best. He's just he's just thumbing through the Japan Times trying to get some like scoops. I picture Stats wakes up in the morning and he has a stack of 40 daily newspapers <laughs> in every corner of the world. Like he's it's like, like, oh, like Antarctica Times. Like let me check <laughs> who's the new prospect there. It's like one of those fucking like newsstands at a gas station where they have all of the pay. Like that's his fucking kitchen. He gets yeah. his coffee and he's got going around the world with the newspapers. Yeah. <laughs> Just filing through every single day for like getting nothing for 95 straight days. But on that 96th day, just fucking like throwing his pancakes against the wall and sprinting to his computer to translate. He's learned. He's learned. He has so many Duolingo accounts. He's just learning so many languages so he can find out like some Red Sox news in different pockets of the world. He's the best. But yeah, at this offseason, because a lot of us were streaming at last season, last season was the offseason to spend money, not just because of the luxury tax situation. There were simply better players available last offseason, and it really doesn't get better moving forward. It just doesn't. Like Free agency is tough coming up, and it was tough this year, and it was great last year. Kevin Gausman's paying for minimum wage based on new money deals. And the Red Sox reportedly never even contacted him, never picked up the phone, weren't interested in the slightest. Maybe like what? One of the 10 best pitchers in baseball, conservatively. Not only that, a pitcher who shoved it up your ass every single time you faced him this year and completely owned you. It wasn't just he was dominating. You were the one getting dominated by him regularly. Like you let him go to the Blue Jays, a team that was desperate for that kind of arm. And now they have that kind of top of the rotation firepower that you definitely don't have and you're 
praying to the heavens if you get Sangha or maybe you get in on Rodon that you can have something even comparable. Gausman, Schwarber, and Iglesias. I did the math a lot during the season. I can't remember off the top of my head. I think in total, their contracts were $3 million more than stories. So it's like if we're spending money, can like Pete was saying, can we spend it a little more wisely? It, Can we it, spend it on multiple impact players, not a, a guy who's kind of a luxury? I know we didn't have a second baseman for a long time. We could have got a center fielder, moved Kike to second. Like there were other options. We didn't have to do that. And there were also there was no other market for him. Like he was going to go back to what Colorado? Like there was no market there. So that was tough. It's tough. Tough. <clears throat> now you have to get Correa or trade Devers. Like there's, I don't really see any other way around it. That's what I didn't want to get into was with those tweets that stats was firing off. He's right. He's right. So just like, I if, last if they don't pay Devers, then we're headed right towards a trade. And if they trade them, they might as well sell the team. Because at that point, you're going straight into a rebuild. That that's what you're doing. You're putting an end to whatever you know. Devers really should be your anchor of this core as you piece it together. And if you sell him off. You're just telling everybody we are never going to hand out the kind of extension that you know any of these big market teams do. We're just going to bring guys in. You'll play your rookie contract here. You know we'll turn to Brian Bayo and Tristan Casas, and if we can't get you extremely cheap, see you later. You, you know you'll play this, your sixty years and carry on. Like big market franchise ownership should be like a presidential election. Like we should, as fans, be able to vote. <clears throat> like we should be able to vote out John Henry if that's what happens. I was like, we don't like you're making all the decisions that we do. We don't want this is a democracy. We absolutely did not want you in power anymore. You're gone. We're, we're going to vote for this guy who said he's he grew up a big Red Sox fan. He's a multi-billionaire and he wants to win a championship. That's he's got my vote. <laughs> like, I mean, the fact the that like logic just, there is <clears throat> is trusting other people not to be fucking idiots. Like, I guess. But yeah, I, of you, course, at this they, point, you would, would choose the alternative just based on change. Like, yeah, like we just need for sure. Different. But the ownership would change like every two years. <laughs> I, I also don't think fans would. I don't think they're as mad at him as they are at Hein. And I said this when we hired. Well, that's him. just misguided anger. I was all that is. He was brought in exactly for this, just to be a follower. No, I, I don't. I don't. No, I, I, I'm going to give fans more credit than that. Like, I, I think that the fans are starting to see that like ownership is not fully invested in this team. And like that, that's part of the reason that Heim was brought in, I would guess, is that they recognize that he does things and finds success at a lower price point and they would like to pay less money. Well, it's not working. It's not working. Yeah, it's so. certainly not working. Whatever yeah. the David Price contracts, uh, Chris Sale, they're, one of those contracts scarred Pablo, you know, potentially scarred them. And whatever it is that caused this PTSD or whatever it is, they are terrified to walk down that lane. And they shouldn't be, you know, they should know more than that, but that's what it feels like. And they're just like, yeah, we're not, we're not doing that again. But you go and you say, Hey, David Price won you a world series, didn't he? He showed the fuck up in the playoffs. Sometimes you have to take these contracts. They're not going to work perfect for you. You got to weigh him out. You got to take your shots with them. You're going to miss and you're going to hit sometimes. And sometimes you're going to win a world series because of it. Mm-hmm. This sucks. How about uh, Athletic Greens? Huh? <clears throat> Speaking of starting my morning, 
and the the fucking Xander Bogarts news breaks at like midnight. Uh, I just start to like drift off to sleep at like two thirty, and then my phone starts ringing. It's fucking Steve. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, I gotta I gotta be up at seven forty five. But we just have this this little chat about Xander. It's like it's like uh, like I heard from I heard from so many people last night that you wouldn't normally hear from where it's like it was like a funeral but you can still talk to the dead guy if you want to it's like yeah you know you show up everyone's sad but you you know you're checking on everyone hey man what's up you know that sucks man right yeah yeah. anyway how's the family how's everyone doing yeah yeah like it was it was big time virtual funeral vibes last night just reconnecting with people you haven't talked to in, in in a little bit all just bonding over how shitty we all felt that Xander Bogart's uh, eye-opening tweet, I forget who had it, that if he, because he has a full no-trade clause, play if he plays out the full duration of his contract, he will be a Padre for longer than he ever was a Boston Red Sox. That's crazy. Same thing Carlton with Mookie. Fisk. Yeah. Like, Mookie Betts will be a Dodger for longer than he was ever with the Red Sox. Which is fine. Like, I guess like with Mookie, it's like that makes a little bit more sense, I guess. But with Xander, because he also signed an extension here. He will be with the Padres for longer than he was ever with the Red Sox. That shit ain't right. It is. I mean, it's funny that he's just like has been with the Red Sox since he was fucking a teenager. 16. A teenager. And... Signed a contract with the Padres when he was 30 years old. When? And when, is set up to be on one team longer. When are we going to... Dombrowski gets so much fucking credit around here. He was the one who gave Xander this short-ass deal. Where was the 15, 13-year deal then? Where was the 11-year deal then? Or if you yeah, just didn't want to get such a good deal on it, which we all knew at the time was a steal. Right. If you raised that AAV and you didn't have to put an opt-out in it. Could have at least yeah. got three more years here. Yeah, he should have put some AG1 in it. This is what he should have done. Because our next partner has a product that I use literally every day. Or every morning, I should say. I started taking AG1 back in June because I wanted to get better gut health and more energy. Been on it for a few months now. <clears throat> this is the best I've ever felt. So what is it? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens, to help you start your day right. We're doing podcasts all the time. We're shooting videos. Me and Jake got meetings. We're all over the place. It's tiring. Waking up, taking my AG1 gives me the energy that I need to perform all these tasks <clears throat> every single day, seven days a week. Be on my A game every day. It's got all my vitamins and minerals that I need in one easy scoop serving. And now that it's the off season, Honestly, I feel like I feel like I'm busier now than I was. It's crazy. It's been it's been a crazy couple months. Very busy. But I'm on the go. So that's why I rock with the to-go packs for the early wake-up calls on the road. Costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. Supports better sleep quality and recovery. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, 
<clears throat> Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Red Sox. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash Red Sox to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Tyler? So I, I was just checking Heyman's timeline to see if he uploaded it. And basically like three hours ago, he threw up the latest on Carlos Correa in his market. So apparently the twins have kind of lost confidence after the Bogart deal that they're going to get Correa there. Understandably, oh. you know, they are a poverty mm-hmm. franchise. Why? What happened? <laughs> um, <laughs> the Giants are the one team, you know, a rival said they have to do something. The Cubs, they're now kind of leaning towards Swanson because apparently his wife, uh, Mallory Pug, she plays for the Chicago Red Stars Soccer Club and okay. he'll be cheaper. So that's where they're kind of leaning. It makes more sense for them. And then here comes the Red Sox. Uh, the Red Sox are said to have offered $28 million for six years for Bogarts and maybe a little higher had they been within striking distance of the Padres so that they could make the money right for Swanson. Though it shouldn't be ruled out that Boston will enter the Correa, or the Correa sweepstakes. There's no clear indication they have yet, but manager Alex Cora does love Correa from their days together in Houston. Yeah, he does. Um, 12 years, 320. Just get it done. There's only so many <laughs> options there. 12 for 320. You should have an inside track. I would be very interested to see like what what the narrative becomes if they end up giving Correa like it's never it's not going to be it like a super similar deal. I can't imagine. I think fans will understand. I think fans will understand. They'll be mad about spring training. They will be mad about spring training and never should have gotten to where it got to. But we're here and the Padres made a ridiculous offer that no one wanted to match. Okay, fine. So you fucked up. We're mad at you for fucking up. But that doesn't mean don't make it right now. It, learn no, no, your no, that's fucking not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, like, what's the narrative if the contracts are similar? The Red Sox got to steal. People don't, like, I think me and Tyler dealt with this more. People did not love Xander Bogarts as much as they do today, as for the last 10 years. Like, he, he made four All-Star teams. It's a fucking fan vote. We have one of the biggest fan bases in sports, let alone the sport. That was always a joke. He did not get the respect he deserved from the fans, let alone the front office. So, yeah, there are people before he signed that were like, just go get Correa. Like, I saw multiple people before he signed an 11-year, $280 million deal, saying 5150 was going to age like the Anthony Rendon contract, previously the worst contract in baseball. And then he got 11280 Those people must have all died simultaneously. They could not believe that deal. So yeah, if you can get Correa for similar money, maybe a year more, maybe $40 million more, I think most people would be like, what a coup. I think even this year, like a major- it felt like, if you were paying attention, and maybe it's because a lot of people just kind of tuned out over the course of the year, but once Bogart's like stopped hitting homers, people are like, he fucking sucks. 
Like, I don't want to watch this dude. And he's legit <laughs> all about to win the batting title, like in September. Yeah, that was very funny. <laughs> like people, people were like, Xander, down year. He sucks. Like, he's like, oh, he's literally leading the American lead in bat- batting average. Like the dude finished ninth in MVP voting in the AL with a 131 OPS plus. Like, go fuck yourself. Seriously. Stop acting like he's some poverty shortstop. He was like, I- I'm hurt. Uh, home runs are hard. So I guess I'm just going to lead the league in average. <laughs> just get on base a bunch. <laughs> and that's a guy like... Playing hurt, he's always been willing to do it. And has it hurt his number sometimes? Yes. But he's been willing to be out there. And I like Carlos Correa. He's a guy who has missed time. He's been healthy the last two years. But over his career, he's missed time. It just means so much when the leader of your team's on the field constantly. Where do you think Rafael Devers got that from playing this whole year? Legit hobbling to first base in the second half. It was hard to watch Devers run. Like, we felt pain. Where do you, who do you think sets the tone for that kind of stuff? Right, and Correa will change like the makeup of the team for sure. They need will. an edge. They yeah. will, like he's <laughs> guaranteed, certainly not. But it would definitely be a different type of Red Sox. But even I said it last week when I was on here, no one, no one hates Carlos Correa more than Yankees fans. Mm-hmm. No one. He, he, hey, he told you those Derek Jeter gold gloves, they mean shit. No he one gives a fuck that. about them. like he he lets you know um and listen for Haim if you want to get Haim hard he likes nerd stats he likes waiter runs created plus he talks about that shit all the time he's like I don't give a fuck about my batting average he's like go check the WRC plus that's you know he is the new age kind of guy and I think he's a dickhead in the best way possible like sometimes you need someone like that and I think that's an edge maybe over this past year it's very different than Bogart's but Devers is such like a fun loving kid and I love that for right. him but you kind of need that guy who has a little fuck you in him and he has that he shows up and he's from his generation is arguably the best postseason performer his numbers are ridiculous in October he's it's literally what the Braves did last year with swapping out Freeman for Matt Olson like it, there's precedent for it now they did it before Freeman signed elsewhere and then they painted him as a racist dickhead on the way out of town <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we're going to swing that with Xander. I don't. I don't know if people are going to buy that one. But Red Sox Jesus. are so mad they can't slander him. They're going to resurface. They're going to resurface the Xander tweet. Yeah, <laughs> the time. tweet and be like, right, we had to. We had to. Uh, oh. We had to get rid of this. Yeah, Tyler. I mean, uh, let me put my hand up. I, I, I toxic can, culture. I am a loser. I, I'm a fuck up. I'm a loser. I'm an idiot. Um, I'll take my lap. I did run a lap when Jared texted me that. I can't believe I felt. Oh for that. yeah, I, you fucking idiot! You know um, what? Credit to you for bringing it up because I wait, honestly forgot that that happened. He fucking quote tweeted the Xander oh, Bogarts yeah. Twitter account that this is I why Twitter better. Blue sucks, and you contribute fuck. to the problem by paying for Twitter Blue, you fuck. But Twitter Blue, like the fact that you can just pay for a blue check mark and it looks exactly like any other verified account, like real important people, not like fucking Steve <laughs> and Tyler. I, I don't mean the lead singer of Aerosmith. Um, I was named. That uh, was, that did come out like Steve and Tyler. Yeah, it did. It did. I <laughs> yeah. literally just paused. I was like, wait a second. Um, that's like, the, you have an account that can literally just claim that there's Xander Bogarts and then there's a blue check next to it. But you also, Tyler, Tyler has to know. I do Xander know. Xander Bogarts does not have a Twitter account. No, you have no. to know that Xander does not have a Twitter account. He will Famously never have a Twitter for account. For a reason. He went out <laughs> Let me put my L hand up. And he'll never come back. 
we okay the worst part is we were having this conversation <laughs> with coley like it was probably a couple months ago but we had this legit we were we brought it up and we started talking about it again um while i'm at work because you know like 10 to 2 I, I am working as a producer uh i am trying to do everything i had dude i'm not gonna lie it's been a rough week on twitter for me i had a couple bad fuck-ups <laughs> So let me let me own up. Shaughnessy Col- didn't Shaughnessy come Fuck for you Shaughnessy. last night? <laughs> I'll hit that one too. I wasn't even gonna get there. First okay. off, it'd be so funny if Xander came back to Twitter and uploaded that same photo of the girl in her underwear, but in the yeah. background there's just a ton of money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just so so W. Funny. Just W. It'd be oh, so yeah. funny. <laughs> okay. First off, I apologize to Coley. I don't know what I edited one tweet and it just it oh pissed everybody God. off. I actually I did it twice, two different tweets. You what? So yeah. like I typed something you out. You can like, edit tweets for like 30 minutes after you post it. And like I'm someone I'm always worried what I'm gonna say is gonna get misconstrued. So I'll like, you know, add a couple words to clarify it. And for some reason, every time someone would refresh, my tweet just popped right back at the top. It's every and, edited tweet. Yours was just the one that I I had meant to say something, but it's it's not just you. Any, anyone who edits a tweet, that's what happens on Twitter. It's they pin it to the top of your timeline. So every time you refresh it, there it is again. And there's yeah. no way to fix it. There's you just gotta wait it out. So I, I'm done. I'm done editing tweets. So that's my first L. I'll own that one. My second L, when Kenley Jansen got signed, I was I typed out the tweet while I'm like cutting audio. Uh, and I'm trying to listen to the show and I post the game where he walked the bases loaded in the game winning run as the announcement threw in the side <laughs> with the Red Sox. People are like, why the fuck did you post this clip? With? And I'm like, yeah, posting his stats, led the NL in saves last year. Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. <laughs> yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, Kenley Jansen. It's like, like if you were. Wait, hold on. Wait. So That's right. man, answer this honestly. Answer yep. this honestly. You hear uh, the Red Sox, who had it, Passon? Yeah. Yeah. Passon breaks Kenley Jansen to the Boston Red Sox. We, sh- we haven't even fucking mentioned that. This is like the first time we've talked about it, right? Yeah, we didn't I get know. deep into it. <laughs> no. I told you we were uh, like 31 games and we were going to fucking nail them all down because of big Kenley. Yeah. Right? yeah. Kenley gets two years for what, 32? Yeah. Yep. Uh, and you just type. Kenley Jansen into your Twitter search, see a video. Don't look to see if this ball like ends up in the fucking seats. Like this, this could be a fucking 500 foot home run. You're just so excited about Kenley Jansen that you're like, I gotta, I gotta get this tweet off. And lo and behold, he walks in the game winning run. <laughs> well, okay, so I typed in Kenley Jansen strikeout. I, I was much smarter than that. I was like, oh, a okay, strikeout. So you put a strikeout. But whatever the okay. tweet was like clowning him for not striking the guy out <laughs> really, really wish kenley jansen got a strike yeah, out here like, and i posted it and i just start seeing the tweets like what the fuck's wrong with you and i'm like yeah. oh my oh no and then i have like oh, no. there's no so at least there was no come in this one tyler good job so screaming yeah, in my air i got tom morgan the producer the the executive producer of the show he's like pull some pull some stuff up get ready like to talk about it and i was like all right whatever whatever and i'm trying to multitask i'm obviously excited it was an emotional day as it was um and i took the l on that 
Uh, it wasn't my finest moment, <laughs> but I deleted the tweet instead of editing it because of Coley. I didn't want to. I didn't want to upset Coley any more than I already had. Um, so I just reposted it and we move forward. But if you scroll down on that tweet, there are people who are like, saw the first one, saw the first one, you idiot. Which I Tyler, Tyler has a closers mentality. Like he'll just he'll give up a walk off tank and then just get back out there the next night and just be like, all right, give me the ball skip. I do respect. I don't give a fuck. I, I know I'm gonna take L's. Like and then yeah. Shaughnessy, dude. Damn Shaughnessy. <laughs> I earned it a little bit, but it's out of context. He definitely ratioed me. I, I got body, but it's all the old ass people, <laughs> the boomers. I, I, dunk on me, whatever. I, You're putting together an incredible lineup of just bad, <laughs> bad tweets. This is like three days. This isn't even my whole week. <laughs> 72 <laughs> hours. He's like, what uh, I got going on Facebook. I'm getting murdered over there. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, I was on air doing the the baseball hot stove show and Yoshida signs and like we I think Bogarts is coming. I start talking my shit. I'm like, where's Dan Shaughnessy? Uh, <laughs> Does he still work with the station? No, he yeah. when I was an intern on Zolak and Bertrand, he used to come in and like he never said a word to me, but I shit on all his takes when I was in the back room with the guys. Um. But me and him, he's quote tweeted. We've gone back and forth a couple times because, you know, I'm on the bloom side and, we, you know, we just beef. He's on the opposite. But he always says the Red Sox don't hand out anything but one year deals. And that's what I've been quote tweeting him and ratioing him over recently. Um, so that's what it was referring to, because Yoshida, it, it's a lo- it's a long term deal. We're not talking one year. We're not talking two years here. Um, this is a legit contract. And with Kenley Jansen as well, I was like, oh, where are you? But people took it like. Oh, Himes fucking dunking on everyone. And then it like after I was asleep, obviously, he's like, oh, this tweet aged like milk or something. And here I am. I, I feel I like think it's hilarious that you were asleep when when Bogart signed. Traumatic. It was very that, funny. That is so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> so it was not did, funny. Did you did you text into the Pat's intervention thread or did you text into the, the scoop shop? I think when I you first woke up. I think it was a scoop shop. I'm it was sure. I can I can confirm you should be asking me because oh, I'm <laughs> the one who would fucking know. I'm right. only in one of them. Did so, not get a Tyler text. Okay. So <laughs> at 4 39 a.m. In the in the in the scoop oh, no. shop, four thirty nine a.m. Tyler is oblivious to the fact that Xander Bogarts is gone. Like he has signed with the Padres while Tyler is in Dreamland, and hit the first text says, "Oh my fudging jig god!" <laughs> <laughs> Does not spell fucking correct. He says, "Oh my fudging god! Why the fuck didn't someone?" <laughs> Why the fuck didn't someone kill me in my sleep? <laughs> Please let this be a nightmare. I'm fucking begging. God, this is really hell on earth. We really should have gotten into like the where were you when Xander, when you found out Xander signed earlier in the yeah. podcast. Yeah. I just yeah. knew what I was walking. Like, you got to realize what I'm walking into the next day at the sports hub. Like, I, people are texting me like, man, good fucking luck, dude. Like, this is going to be the worst day of your life. 
And I'm just like, all right, well, like I'm shit talking Adam Jones as I'm leaving the station. I'm like, give it a couple hours. Watch, watch, take your L's, get ready. We're talking about it on there. And then I just am an embarrassment. I'm an absolute loser. Oh, um, why the fuck didn't someone kill me in my sleep? <laughs> I was ready to go, man. Like you could have ended my life and I would have never had to experience any of this. But instead, wow. you let me live. <laughs> The Bruins played that night, right, Pete? Uh, yeah, they did. And they, yeah, they, they won. They won. Yeah, yeah. And I think I th- was Xander at the Celtics game because it was in Phoenix. Yeah, he was. Yeah. He was. So he told some kid yes. before, like like an hour before the actual news broke. Some kid like if if to believed to be believed, some kid was like, are you resigning with the Red Sox? And he was just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> And the kid tweeted it with a picture of Xander. Yeah. So like that kid broke the story. The well, I'm glad I didn't see that. the The Celtics won in such hilarious fashion. I didn't even watch the fourth quarter. I showered. I came out of the shower. The clock hit zero on the score. I opened my phone and I just saw the the Heyman tweet. Oh, and no. I was like, I can't even enjoy dusting the best team in the Western Conference. I have zero seconds to gloat about this. <laughs> this is the worst. This is the worst. I would rather I had like a, I had like a similar I turned the I, I turned the Bruins onto my second screen after the second period just because they were I was like they're gonna win this game. It's not even entertaining. Uh and th- they were playing the Colorado Avalanche, the reigning Stanley mm-hmm. Cup champions. I put on a movie because I was like, I'm this will be more entertaining. And then as I'm like halfway through the movie, I had to fucking pause it because all the texts were coming through. And I was like, well, now I can't fucking enjoy the rest of this goddamn production. And I didn't finish the movie until like 3 a.m. Because I was X. Jared, uh, I feel like you'd love X. Yeah, I haven't given it a shot yet. <clears throat> it's very I, good. I've, I've watched the trailer. It's very good. Have you seen Pearl? No, I haven't. Pearl is the prequel to X. And they both oh. came out this year, which is very weird. Yeah, I'll have to watch that. Good movies. I've heard I've heard good things about Pearl. I liked X better than Pearl, but seeing X made me appreciate Pearl more. Well, Let's go Red Sox. Let's, Let's go, go Red Sox. Sox. Let's, Let's go, go Red Sox. Go Red Sox. Mhm. <laughs> I can't Jake, believe you haven't said anything yet this, this whole this fucking team. podcast. I want like where are you at right now? I know I, I was with you earlier. Um we we walked into our meeting with DraftKings and everyone like everyone's like, you guys look really tired. You guys like, like what's what's going on? You guys look stressed out. That's that's what someone said. They're like, you guys look stressed out. What's going on? And and Jake was like, was like, you look at your phone at all today? <laughs> yeah, the, like you just the amount of people that walked up to us and said like, hey, how's it going? It's just like, how's it going? Like, Jake, have you yeah, yeah. gone on the internet at all? Like, it's. Literally the worst day ever. Um, yeah, we we, we walked into this boardroom, 
And everyone just looked at us like, like you know how, uh, I don't even know what the comparison would be. Just like something. It's like on September 12th, the office being like, so how was your day? Yeah. Like it's, it's just like, you, you, you know, that something horrible happens to this person and everyone else is in a good mood, but it's like, ah, like we kind of have to like cater to this person that we know is like sad. It's like, it brings down the mood. Everyone just like looked at me and Jake and they were like, hey guys, <laughs> like, how's it going? It was, uh, it was a sad day. And it was, it was our a end bad of the day. year meeting too. So it was like, they were kind of like, oh yeah, that kind of sucks. All right, we're going to move on to everything that happened this year. And we're still like, well, we can't really move on that quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jake beat the shit out of three executives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. How you how you feeling right now, Jake? Uh not great. I mean it's <laughs> it's it's a really helpless feeling like when you know that ownership is so not on your side. Like you're just looking at the yeah. Mets giving everybody money. The Padres are just begging people to take money from them. And then we're just like, yeah. Six one sixty. It's just like fuck. Like, what? Where do we even go from here? Mm-hmm. It honestly kind of feels like they hate us. Ownership, like, yeah. It honestly does feel like ownership hates us because they won't, like, they won't answer to anything. <laughs> no, they're just like, here's what you get. Fucking eat it up. Yeah, and we're not, we're not taking any responsibility. We're, we're like in a prison cell. And Hope you like Zach Brown band six times a summer. They're 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 sliding that sloppy ass prison food under the door. We don't have a say in what we want to eat. Just like, hop, oh, here's some more slop. There you go. We're keeping you alive. You may hate what you're eating, but go fuck yourself. That's that's what it feels like right now. Unless they sign Carlos Correa, then then we're we're all right. That's even just. But I'm not even. Like, that gets us back to where we were. Like there still needs to be more steps after that. Multiple, like multiple no. legit moves. Well, then <clears throat> there's no money left. That's not Jared. if Jared. if they're gonna go get. There's Carlos always Correa, money. There's always money. Get over the damn luxury tax. You got no excuse. Well, that's where money isn't real. If you do, yeah, I agree. If you do twelve. 320, like I said, what's that AAV? 28? 12. 320. 26. 26. 26.6. So that's 13 and change before you're even hitting that. You need, like, that's where I think the trade market makes sense for Pablo Lopez, for Brandon Woodruff. I really do think targeting the A's. You don't just get Sean Murphy. You go get Loriano because they need a defensive <clears throat> outfielder. And he got his steroids out of his system, so he's ready to go. Um, and he'd be our best defensive outfielder. Kike is really good in the outfield, but he's also only here for one he, more year. Ramon Loriano fell off. If that like, would feel he comes back like a... There. Yeah, he wasn't very good, though. That'd be like a... Feels like a poor man's version of the Cody Bellinger experiment a little bit. Well, right? yeah, you might as well call up Rafaela at that point. You're not targeting him. You're getting Murphy and like Murphy's the prize. And Loriano is like, we just need someone who can play outfield. I don't need another 
outfielder that can't mash. That's uh, and, what I miss. And I, I know, Coley, earlier you thought Reynolds was going to be more expensive than Murphy. I think Murphy's going to be more expensive than Reynolds. Like I, more, I saw today. So good. I saw today it was uh, Lars Newtbar they wanted, Brandon Donovan, and then they wanted a pitcher, like a top 60 prospect in all of baseball pitcher that was about to get to the big leagues. For Murphy? Yeah. Right. Though. My thing is, once the Cardinals leave the picture, I don't know who, like the Guardians, sure. I don't know who else is like really in on that, whereas 10 to 15 teams are bidding up Reynolds. Yeah, I, I do think it's good that the Yankees are- get bad returns on their players, like famously. So I don't yeah. like and I've heard they've wanted major league players back. That's already dumb. Like that's if that's what the A's are looking for. That's where it's like, all right, here's Verdugo. Here's uh, Duran and here's Rafael and another like Mata or something. Get it done. Yeah, that that actually that package might be. They want guys that are started that already broken technically, but like like you said, it's the A's. Like I don't know why they're sitting here acting like they're going to be competing anytime soon. Right? Like, who cares if they're in Double A or Triple A? Let them develop for a year or two and get up there. Mata will be up this year. Rafaela probably by the end of the year. Right. Um, if if you really want to point it out, I don't know the Reynolds thing. There does seem like there's a lot of suitors there, it, but at the same time, the trade request I do think makes their life a little bit harder. I would check both, but it does feel like the Red Sox and Murphy. They just can't shake this whole catcher conversation. And I know they were talking with uh, whoever Christian Vasquez's agent was at the winter meetings. They were talking about a couple different catchers. Pedro Severino, they were asking about. They're kind of into Mike Zanino. Um, so they're looking for guys. Obviously, Murphy would be a different level, but I buy into the idea. I, I have a thing for nasty catchers. He was the second most valuable catcher in baseball behind Real Muto last year, a right catcher can completely transform a pitching staff yeah. and get you where you need to go. And I do feel like he's one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. You get that and a guy who can actually hit as well. Very few guys. Since it's the Red Sox and since we're talking about like the business part of it, how many Murphy t-shirt jerseys could they sell? I was going to say, if like just from a looks standpoint, if they got Trevor Story and Sean Murphy in back to back off seasons, you could definitely be like, okay, they have a fucking type here for sure. It's just like dudes who look like they hang out in Southie <laughs> and just fucking like do shady shit outside of Lincoln four nights a week. And that's where I think you got to get Correa as that buffer. You get him first, <laughs> then you go get Murphy. And if if it's if it's like I still think Bayo is going to be. A, Top like I I've seen a lot of people slot him in as like the four or five starter this year. That's incorrect. He's right now their best pitcher. I'd argue. <laughs> I, I don't think that's a crazy take. And I think you start walking down that line: Devers, Correa, Story, Casas, Murphy. Yeah, that like that who match it. Now the outfield, think, you know, let's not talk about it, but you know, I think you look at Profar. I think you might look at Drury. I think you. I think there's a lot of former Padres that are available. Will Myers, like there's, he's been linked to the Red Sox for about 15 years now. Um, I, I think Drury's one of those guys who could slot in in the DH spot as well. Someone that they can filter in different places. And I was looking at his batted ball profile. It's along those Mitch Hanniger, um, Hunter Renfro kind of thing where everything he's hitting it would be over the monster. So if they want to go that route, it would be cheap, but it would allow well, them where, to do the, and plug wherever. 
That's to get to the nine, the nine players Heim told us about. If if that's the seven to nine, because again, we're only at four. So there's still three just to get there. I'm, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm very in on Correa. I'm very in on Murphy. I think there's a salvageable offseason to be had, but it's, they have to do it. They can't just, they do nothing. Like what, the, what was any of this for? That's the question. You traded Mookie Betts. The franchise player. Perhaps the greatest homegrown Red Sox player of all time. To get under the luxury tax. To reset the luxury tax. To stop being penalized for going over the luxury tax. So you could reset the whole thing. So you could start spending again. Because you could not spend on Mookie Betts. Or maybe you could. There were other ways, maybe, but this was the easiest way. This was the easiest way to get David Price's contract out of here, not have to pay Mookie Betts. Now you're under. It's like, ah, breath of fresh air. Finally. It's like, uh, it's like taking that antibiotic after getting chlamydia. You're like, ha, it's gone. Now I can get back to raw dogging. Super it's one of my favorite feelings. <laughs> yep. It's Just- now, so... That's what Heim did. Traded Mookie Betts and David Price to get under the luxury tax so, so that he could get back to raw dogging. And the first guy that you'd want to pay, I mean, it really doesn't matter the order. It matters now because one guy hit free agency first, but at the time it didn't really matter the order. <clears throat> Xander Bogarts and Raphael Devers. You did not get under the luxury tax this year. When you could have, why not? Team sucked, wasn't going anywhere. You go over again. Um, you do not trade Xander. You let him walk. You didn't pay him. And now Devers is the only one left. It's Mookie's like the definition gone. of selling your car for gas money. Yeah. Xander's gone. Mookie's gone. And now Devers is sitting here being like, why the fuck? Not only because of the like looking around at like the roster being like why would i sign up to be here like not only is the team suck right now but they haven't shown any indication that they want to make this any better and on top of that i'm seeing what all these other guys are getting so why would i take a deal to stay here knowing i can probably get way more if i don't stay here so i i know that like i said earlier katillo he had that stupid ass tweet about, oh, I think that the whole Alexander Devers connection is totally overblown and you can still keep Devers even though Xander's not here, his friend. Sure. But if Devers looks to Xander and is like, well, uh, I-, I liked playing with him. I'm sure he likes playing for Cora as well. I mean, there's other, uh, I guess there's that element that's, that's keeping him, him here as well. But watching. I call it watching uh, Xander's process. Oh, hey, cool. Watching Xander's process and seeing uh, what's out there for him, what lies if he just plays. And that's that is my biggest fear. What we just did with Xander, having to see him mope around every day, knowing that he's stressing about his contract situation, knowing he wants to stay here. 
being asked about it every day. Hey, you going to stay here? What's the deal with, you know, so-and-so? What's the deal with, with the contract? Like, that's exhausting. And you want to, he can't even be truthful. I'm sure he wanted to scream like, I want to fucking stay here. They won't give me what I'm fucking worth. Like, he can't, he can't just say that. I'm sure he want it probably killed him every day being asked about it every day. What's the deal? What's the deal? You know, you worry about the offseason? You worry about your contract? I want to stay here. They won't give me the money that I need to stay here. I'm not asking for an overpay. It would take an overpay for me to leave. Let's not get to that point. Got to that point. But if you're Devers, it's not that you want to leave because your best friend left. It's not like fucking Buzz and Woody. It's it's more along the lines of why would I stay here with the direction this team is going? Why would I stay here? Why would I take less money? I'm not going to do that either. I just saw what happened with Xander. So... I would say, I just, if, if he is not paid by Valentine's Day, Devers, I'm, he's gone. That's just my mindset. He's gone. I'm not doing this again. I'm not doing the will they, won't they. I'm not doing the whole, uh, we'll see what they do in the offseason. You know, they had a really bad season again. So they know that they've got to step it up. Like this ownership knows that they can't afford to lose Devers. They know that. They don't give a fuck, dude. They don't give a fuck. They, they, if they lost Mookie Betts and Xander Bogarts, what, what would indicate to you <clears throat> that they don't care about losing Devers either? What makes him so special? What makes him so more important than a Xander Bogarts or uh, a Mookie Betts? Mookie Betts, you would say, is the most talented of the three. Xander is the guy that Devers looked up to. We're talking alpha, alpha male shit. So what makes Rafael Devers so special? Great player. Obviously, I, I would give him the money right now. No questions asked. Whatever the fuck, 300, 320, 350, whatever. We'll talk about it. But if he's not signed to an extension before pitchers and catchers report, it's over. He's either getting traded or he's walking in free agency. It just ain't happening. Like the Red Sox will never learn from their mistakes. They will never, like, how many times does it have to happen where you lowball someone uh, going into their walk year? They go to free agency, they leave. They just, they never fucking learn. And it's, 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 again, the ownership. People are millions of tweets, fire Heim, fuck Heim. Heim should never show his face again. It's not Heim's checkbook. What's the one common denominator between all that shit? Mookie, Lester, all that shit. Carl Crawford, it's ownership. So that that if he is not signed, the, the clock is ticking. You've got what? Two and a half months? Ish? Call it two months. You've got two months to sign Rafael Devers to an extension. If you don't, that says so much about where this team, this organization is headed. For the next few years, it's a rebuild. It's 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 Heim not being the guy, and it's the Red Sox selling the fucking team, hopefully, and and pivoting to football and whatever other sports they want to. And that's and that's why like the they made a competitive competitive offer and he chose not to stay. Like that's where that argument drives me up a fucking wall because it's like, yeah, but you open the door. And you made the competitive offer too late 
when the person was already considering other options. And it's like, if you're going to make the competitive offer, make it, make it earlier. And like, you can't say that you didn't know that this was going to happen because it's, you've been burned by it several times already. And we already know the built in excuse. Let's be real. The Red Sox have told Devers at least on one occasion, going back to last off season, where we don't want to pay you like a third baseman. We know that is somewhat of a gap here. They tried to give him the Matt Olson contract. Like that's what they wanted to frame him as. He made steps defensively at third base this year, and I believe he can play third base moving forward because it's never been a range problem. It's just the routine stuff that he tends to struggle with. Do they continue to hold him on that? It's eighty million. That, that's the last thing we heard. That's the difference between both sides. I heard it was. <clears throat> they got to what within sixty or forty? Was that the Heyman had it at eighty, right? And was it Marino that had I think it closer? It was, no, it was uh, Pujol said it on an yes. Instagram live that it was uh, either it was sixty or forty, so they're inching closer. It's just now. Does this off season where these years are becoming the story? Is that what makes the Red Sox freak out? Because that seemed to be the problem, according to June Lee last year, that Devers wanted more years and they didn't want to go that far. They didn't like going, you know, the 10 year contract. Off seasons like this, weeks like this, are how I'd know I would dominate GM. (laughs) Dominate. (laughs) Dominate. It's such an easy job. That gets made so much more difficult than it needs to be. You sign the good players, you ignore the bad ones. It's really that simple. And you just you tell the good players that, hey, we think you're a good player and we want you. And you slide a piece of paper across the desk and you say, this is how bad we want you. The negotiating part is what blows my mind the most. It's like, why even make an off be like, All right, what's your number? And then they say something and you go, okay. Like, I don't know why that doesn't happen way more often. That's what the Padres just did. It's what the Rangers appear to do. Like, it's not that hard. The Yankees made it harder than it needed to be with Judge. Like, they, they didn't and, make it that difficult. And, like, to your point, like, if you're the general manager of the Boston Red Sox, you should be able to be like, hmm... Ooh, I might have overpaid this guy, but you know what? I got the player. And money isn't real, especially in this job. <laughs> so I'm doing a pretty good job. <laughs> Crushing it. Absolutely dominant. <laughs> yeah. It goes back to my point to like the Red Sox think they're gonna get a fucking parade in the streets if they come in like ten million dollars below what like what we thought the contract was gonna be. People are going to complain, even if you do come in like $10 million (laughs) below what you thought you were going to pay the player. You're never going to win. You are never going to win as a general manager unless you win a World Series. And you're not going to win a World Series by continuously letting your best players walk. Like I I know for a fact I'd have Mookie Betts on this team. Improvement. Mm -hmm. Otani? I'm not saying I'd have him here already. I'm not going to say that. That's insane. I would have. I would, def- I would. I definitely would have kept the good players that were already here. The, like I, that would probably be the first thing. Kyle Schwarber yeah. has been a free agent twice in the last three years. No qualifying offer. Carlos Rodon was a free agent. No qualifying offer. Like these. These are the easy decisions. These are not difficult decisions. 
Gosman's definitely here. And yeah. I like to think that, like, even if I did fuck up, I wouldn't c- continuously insult the fan base's intelligence by feeding them bullshit. I, like, at, th- at the very least, that would be nice. But, like, like it would be c- it'd be kind of sick if, like, tomorrow Heim was like, all right, I'm doing a press conference. We fucked up. <laughs> like, we really wanted Xander and we fucked up. Like, I, now we got to turn our attention elsewhere and we got to rebound, but. We fumbled it on this one. I'm sorry. Instead, but I would like, apologize. Oh, we made him. a competitive. We made a competitive. Yeah, no, I'm not. I don't want to blame Heim. That's why I'm saying like we as a collective. Mm-hmm. But no, the the instead it'll be like, well, we got beat by a a, a really big offer, and we weren't willing to match. Fuck off. It is pretty wild that a franchise player like Xander Bogarts left and not one word came from John Henry. Not even like, a, we appreciate, you know, what you meant to Sad this organization. Sad to see him go. Not a word. Like, it's like he just never existed. So, Xander, who's that? Like, that. that's, <laughs> I think that's where you look at it and you're like, they don't even know what's going on. Like, they, do they even know who's on the team at this point? I'm not willing to rule out that, like, John Henry is just frozen in a chamber somewhere <laughs> and has been for, like, the last four years break him out. I walked past him in 21. He was the, was he breathing? Horrifying. At the playoff game, yeah. 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 Yeah, he he came he has his seats his seats are the ones that are right next to the Red Sox dugout there. I saw I feel like if anybody in. acts the fact that he like goes to games and is in public ever is really ballsy because I feel like if anybody walked into that guy he would just die. Like if if anybody like made contact with that guy, I just feel like he would explode. <laughs> Good vibes. <laughs> I just, I just, I, I don't know. I wish we didn't even bring up Carlos Gray on this podcast. I. Mean, I- I here's one thing I need you to understand, Jared. You have more control in this situation than I think you understand. You have a direct line to Carlos Gray's former assistant manager, who's currently the Red Sox manager, but you have a direct line to him. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. it hasn't crossed Cora's mind. I am saying a, a little shove can get things rolling. Nolan Arenado, he can start demanding Trevor's story. These are things you can control. <laughs> these these are things that I can control. When are you going to start accepting responsibility for how this team looks? I mean, yeah, you're right. You're right. It starts with me. <laughs> it starts with me. I need to be better. Yeah, when I, I said I better. wanted accountability, I was looking directly at your cam box. <laughs> no, I, I do really do hate that I've like, over the course of the last like three hours i've convinced myself that they're gonna sign Correa. i hate it i I, honestly like i tweeted it i think two or three hours ago and i was just like uh like try to send some positivity some creativity out there because it just feels like like you know it's not good when people are no longer throwing out ideas how to fix the team like they're just kind of like all right like here we are which i don't blame them when there's 18 holes you gotta fill but yeah, talking tonight has made me feel a little a little more confident that there's a chance somehow that could happen. I'm an ideas guy. I come to the table with ideas. What did I text the other day? I was like, let's go get Jazz Chisholm. 
Oh like, yeah. <laughs> I'm an ideas guy. I come to the table with ideas. Yeah, that, listen, they're not all going to be slam dunks. Jazz Chisholm would immediately make this team more watchable. It's the only way I would Jax. allow Trevor Story to play shortstop. Oh no, 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 no! Jazz is playing shortstop in this scenario. <laughs> Lead the way. We're building the whole team out of Jazz Chisholm. You understand. <laughs> Yeah, I think we need to rebrand to the to the Jazz Chisms. We just take the Utah Jazz's name. <laughs> yeah, the Boston Jazz now. The Boston Jazz. <laughs> yeah, there's too much uh, negative energy connected oh, to the Red Sox. It, is that what would make this offseason worse if they announced they were knocking down Fenway? You can't. It's literally can't. impossible, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's well, a national landmark. They said they were moving. Yeah, if they were moving to like Boston, I might actually kill myself. <laughs> yeah, they're just moving to some fucking slapdick, random ass woodsy town in Massachusetts. Yeah, we're moving the Red Sox to Amherst. What? Welcome to Veggie Veggie Ketchup Park <laughs> in fucking. Manchester, New Hampshire. Carver, Massachusetts. Yeah. Home to the Veggie Ketchup Park. <laughs> and your last place, Boston Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Veggie Ketchup Park in Bar Harbor, Maine. Just hours from society. <laughs> <laughs> Our starting right fielder is just like a naked homeless guy. <laughs> Constantly asking people in the stands for $20. Yeah. It's like, dude, man, he's about to throw a pitch. Turn around. But he just has a cannon. It's like, just, it's like oh, I mean, I'm not going to catch that one, but I'll, I'll cut this guy down a second base if he tries to run on me. Hunter run for him. Right. Yeah, it's basically Hunter Renfro in a nutshell. <laughs> every, after every game, he just takes all the bubble gum and the sunflower seeds because that's his his food for his dinner. <laughs> the future is bright, fellas. Let's go, Red Sox. We're just gonna time trades for Trevor Bauer. It's like, what are we doing? Why? <laughs> He's like, we'll we'll take on the full deal. Yeah, we'll pay extra. We give him an extension. <laughs> yeah, yeah, forty million a year done. We're like we we've been watching the Browns recently. People seem to like. Oh, no. <laughs> oh Jesus! It would be wow, Trevor Bauer and Reese McGuire. That would be uh, quite oh, the battery. No. Oh that my would be God. quite the battery. Hey yo, what the fuck? Let's get Puig. Puig's available. He's a good guy. Uh, Everybody gambles, right? Wasn't he at the winter meetings? Uh, he was. The least of my concerns with Puig. People Fair forget point. when he left Major League Baseball it was because he had an assault case open because he grabbed a woman at a Lakers game and threw her into the bathroom. It's good. Yeah, Not he was great. like pitching himself at the yeah, winter meetings. Him and um, who's the Nelson Cruz. Teammate. Yeah, Nelson Cruz was there taking like school photos, like with a suit on. Someone was saying it was like a puppy adoption where they just got yeah. guys walking around smiling and taking pictures of them. 
Crazy. All right. It's it's twelve fifteen in the morning. Uh, I haven't eaten dinner yet. It's been a long day, Jake. It's been a long day for everyone. I think Tyler, how how many hours did you sleep? Uh barely. Uh, I've been up since wait. Today was was today the day? Yeah, t- I, I can't believe t- I found out about Xander Bogarts today. That feels like days ago at this point. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I have no sense of time anymore. Wow. We found out we found out about 24 hours ago right now. Yep. I, it was the best sleep of my life before I woke up. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> I will never sleep that good again. <laughs> no. When we wake up oh. tomorrow, Carlos Correa will be on the Red Sox. That's true. I can't go to sleep because what happens if Carlos Correa signs with the Red Sox? I don't oh. sleep. Watch. Suck it, Shaughnessy. <laughs> All right. Any, uh, any final thoughts? A Devers Correa left side of the infield would remind me of like Adrian Beltre, Elvis Andrews, where just I would imagine that Devers would just constantly be pissing off <laughs> Carlos Correa and it would be great. I'm not talking myself into it. <laughs> I'm already there. Yeah, yeah that's happening. Peter what's, the other, what's the alternative? It's, it's Story Arroyo. That's that's our middle infield right now. The other alternative is that we just die, (laughs) kill ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think that's it. Nothing in between. Plug and play second baseman. Ref Snyder is Ref Snyder going to go back to second? IKF. (sighs) You know who could play second? Jose Iglesias. Mookie, famously. <laughs> that would be a power move for the Red Sox to act like, you know, hey, we lost Xander, but we lost the guy who was supposed to be our shortstop of the future before him. We're just going to rock out with Jose Iglesias. What a middle infield that would have been. Xander and Mookie up the middle. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go eat dinner and cry. I haven't had the chance to cry yet. I've been too busy. I talked to Xander today. Remember when he hit that fucking home run off Garrett Cole in the playoffs? That was sick. Yeah, that was Ooh. sick. And then threw with a judge out at home? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to pay that guy. Remember when they had like the best team of all time like five years ago and nobody on that team is around anymore? <laughs> no one. I said it at the time. You could have just attached Benintendi to Price and that would have solved the luxury tax problem. That literally would have solved the problem if you just traded for nothing in return. Did, did you ever think Ryan Brazier was going to outsurvive Mookie and Xander? Uh, all these different guys, Benintendi, Ryan fucking Brazier. Everyone's gone. Vasquez, Jackie. The guy that they got back in the Mookie deal is now the second longest tenured player. And they don't like him. Technically third. (laughs) They're trying to get rid of him. (laughs) Poor Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes deserves a little love. 
Yeah, Matt Barnes is here. You talk about a contract that is ruining <laughs> the offseason. Fives are so good right now. What is what does Barnes get? Like legitimately like $17 million? <laughs> over over two years, yeah. He's making more much. actually. He is the first reliever after Chris Martin. He makes like eight, seven, I think it's like eight, nine or something, technically. That's a good deal. <laughs> suck on it. What's even his role in the bullpen right now? <laughs> Enjoy the pitcher. seventh inning. The fourth inning guy? <laughs> Can you say pitcher? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. At least he's an option he's coming out of there. At least he's not like the bullpen catcher. Come on. Let's get the vibes up. Oh, yeah. What's, uh, what's the walkout time? It's a vibe, dude. Just vibe, Coley. Coley, just vibe, dude. We're getting the vibes up, Coley. We're an hour number three. The vibes came down for a second, but they're back. <laughs> yeah, they've been way up the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah. No, I'd say the vibes are pretty... We there we had peaks and valleys over the course of the show. What's the walkout yeah. song? Did you do shipping up to Boston? Because then this we might go on one sixty two. What fucking no, what song? For Kenley. Oh yeah. No, the, the, the dude from the Mets had the, the trumpets. Uh he's just steal Kenley's it. gonna have like the, the drunk uh the drunk Titanic flute. Just steal Pavel Bond's walkout. Song. Last year, fucking steal it. Last year was "Welcome to Atlanta" by Jermaine Dupri. That's terrible. Yeah, like does I don't know. Am I missing? Does he have like city specific walkouts? He's only played two other places. He did California Love in LA. Okay, and he did "Welcome to Atlanta" with the Braves. So, you just come out and be like, "Oh shit, Kelly Jansen, bitch." Let's go. And then Jackie takes some fucking 480 to right. <laughs> Tie game. 4 nothing lead. Blown. Sox win the World Series in five. That's your new closer, Kenley Jansen. That's the team we've been like, you know what? We need their scraps. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> the team we steamrolled in the World Series. We need the players they don't like anymore. If Andrew Friedman touched it, Heim wants it. Yep. Yeah. All so right. Shipping up to Boston is the new closer song. That's I don't know. I'm kind of over that song. Maybe we need to we need to write and record our own Boston song and then tell them to use that. Are you into that, Coley? <laughs> Sounds like a great idea. All right. All right. I'll get started on that after I eat dinner at twelve thirty in the morning. After getting up at seven forty five. All right. Uh, thanks for fucking listening and watching whatever the fuck you guys do. <laughs> <laughs>
all the listeners are going to come to like the, to listen to this for therapy and they're going to come they're going to walk away being like, like what's wrong what the with fuck <laughs> yeah this guy like, why help. is my therapist a thousand times more depressed than i am yeah yeah <laughs> Thanks for why do they know. keep suggesting that I kill myself? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's no hope, and this is this sucks. Yeah. Just end it oh, all. Uh, this Go fuck yourself, San Diego. By someone for sure. Like you know what? I was catering, <laughs> and this pushed me over the edge. <laughs> the Reddit is going to be a dark place tomorrow. Yeah, I'm ready for it. Um. <laughs> Thanks for whatever the fuck. <laughs> Thanks for whatever the fuck. <laughs> we will see you next week. Bye. Buenas noches, amigos. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, oh, oh.